listen. So we know a lot of you are keeping up with our coverage uh, of TIFF over on Instagram and on Twitter and on Letterboxd, but Alina, Zach, and I wanted to get together to talk about all of our picks in a super in-depth style. Let us explain. So what we do on Let Us Explain is dive deep on something that we can't stop thinking about for other people who can't stop thinking about that thing too. And usually it's a movie or a TV show. In this case, it's a bunch of them because we are all back from the Toronto International Film Festival, uh, one of the biggest film festivals of the year with a lot of great movies that are coming out in the next few months. Before we get into that, I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he's the Princess of Wales, it's Arturo Zarita! It's Prince. I don't know why I had to be Princess, but I'll take it. Uh, Exhausting weeks. Yes. Uh, Technically, it's like a week and a couple of days. We were grateful to be able to go to Toronto, um, as well as Alina. If you want to introduce her, give it a... Yeah, also with us, watching movies from behind a leaf, (laughs) Alina Montemayor. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. We literally were all the way behind Ali. That was the first thing I said. You know, I did like, oh, there was a standing ovation at the uh, Winter Garden for the port for Lady of a Portrait on Fire. People were like, mm. yeah, but could you breathe all the way up there? I was like, <laughs> I was just happy to be in there. Right. Uh, I liked our seats. Yeah, I didn't. They were really high, but I'm just grateful to be in there. I was grateful to be able to attend exactly. the festival, and we were able to see a bunch of movies that we're excited to talk about. Um, and Zach was also able to be there and gave me the heads up on some movies that were so good this man had to see them twice at the festival. <laughs> yes, uh, I will reveal which of the movies I've already seen twice, even though it's only played in Toronto. Yeah. It's played some other places. Maybe that's a hint. Uh, but we're going to talk about some of our favorite movies from the festival. You know, it's mm-hmm. feature, It features some of the best that cinema has to offer every year for people oh, who man. know uh, nearly every Oscar Best Picture winner yep. of the last 10 years mm-hmm. has had a stop at the Toronto International Film Festival as have a lot, of, a lot of other great movies, including some of our favorites, yeah. like Whiplash, uh, like uh, La La Land, like Green Moonlight. Book. So um, Yeah, there's just really <laughs> a lot of things. But dude, 2019 was the year, and I've been saying it, it's almost like those Travis Scott shirts where it's like, I wish you were here. I have been comparing this year to 2014, one of my favorite years of the past decade when it comes to movies. If you look back on that year's list, stacked. This is that year again, maybe even better. I would say it's better because my favorite movie out of this festival surpasses my favorite movie of 2014. So this festival was insane. Everybody who got the privilege to be, it's like you were at Woodstock, but for film. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, well, I don't want to. I don't want to delay you too much longer. I want to hear a little bit about uh, those movies that you really loved. There's two in particular that I know both of you were very, very fond of that I didn't get the chance to see in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I'll let you decide which one to tackle first, but Parasite and Portrait of a Lady on Fire, I believe, were your two favorites coming out of Toronto. Well, one of them is number one, so I think you should go. We'll start with Portrait of a Lady on Fire, fire. I guess. Okay, yeah, sure. (laughs) This has been our debate between Parasite and Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I have Parasite at number one. Portrait, right behind it, though. That's the thing. Like, it's not being disrespectful of being second. It's right there. She has it the opposite. She said, Mm -hmm. one day I'll come around and learn. One day. We'll see. So, all right, Paris, uh, Portrait. Portrait. Beautiful. Even if we were all the way up there. Fantastic. <laughs> Looked amazing. It made you feel things, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just like, I thought it was going to go one way, but then it went this way. It's just like, come on. So the premise of the story being, uh, this is from Selena, I'm forgetting her last name. She specifically came out. One of the best things yeah. about going to uh, festivals is that they just, they, you get a little bit of a Q&A with the director. Or just uh, on intros. And yeah, show. and her intro, she pretty much said, 
I will not be pushing this for the Oscars. I'm here to make art. If you like the movie, you like the We love the movie. Yeah. Uh, it pretty much it tells a story. I want to say it's 17th, maybe 18th century, a long time ago. 1770. 1770. And uh, you have what I call the Rick Ross of painters. This <laughs> this woman just comes out of a, as a boss. That's the beginning of the movie. Uh, you could describe it more. I mean, it is. It, the, the premise is this woman that needs to get painted. And back in the day, it wasn't, you know, Tinder or here's my picture. Yeah, no selfies. You know, it's here's your portrait. Right. Does your suitor like this? Do they not? And, you know, being the woman that was defiant, she didn't want to have herself painted. Specifically because it meant that she had to get... Yeah, she was off to She going to get wed. married. And um, she did not want to get married. And it's one of those things where you see her kind of piece things together because it's like... If you're not supposed to know that I'm painting you, well, just us hanging out. Like, how do you put your hands together, or how do you sit, or how do you posture? It was like come trying on. to like piece it together, and the entire yeah. time it's like, okay, they're like coworkers who don't know how to get along with each other. And then when the coworkers start to get along with each other, things go a different direction. But I, I was, I don't want to call it like "Call Me by Your Name" because that was no. one of the first ones. We we sat in a very similar seat for "Call Me by Your Name" at Sundance as well, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and came out of that movie loving it. I'd say it's not only uh, better crafted than "Call Me by Your Name," but wow. there are some shots in this movie that will stay with yeah. you. It's a little sad that it didn't end up becoming the submission for the for for France. But that's okay. Uh, there's another movie which we think is also just as good. Not, it's really, really good. Maybe it's not Portrait Best of the Decade good, <laughs> yeah. but Portrait has some shots, and you name some of yours as well. There was one particular shot that you keep getting teased with in the movie, not spoiling what it is. Oh, and when one. it fully clum- comes to a climax, I keep saying this movie has three endings. Mm-hmm. The final ending is a 9 out of 10. Fantastic. 10 <laughs> out of 10 ending. Just just the other endings were 11 out of 10s. Yes. Mm. Absolutely. But like when you Very analyze intriguing. that one, when you analyze that one ending, yeah. the thing that I told you, which we'll talk about. Yeah, and she can't spoil, but she gave me this it. pitch, you know, and she was. But just, it makes so much. Two sense days after Portrait, she goes, she's like, you know, this is why she did that, and I go, mm-hmm. yeah, wanted it, to see it again. It sits with you. Yeah, that's the. Ultimately, are you talking about the story and the ways that it turns that really makes this film special to you? Or or is it just everything from the craft and the performances to uh, the actual story itself? I think it's a masterpiece. Yeah. And when you are like, that's the thing. These two, Parasite and Portrait of a Lady on Fire. There's a third one, but I'm still deciding on it because I have to see it again. (laughs) We have tickets to see Portrait again in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like, these two movies don't just stand out for the year. We're talking about two movies that are going to make the best of the decade list. That goes with so. the acting. There is a, a, an exchange that happens between these two actresses midway through the movie that it feels like a bird. You don't have to be into Downton Abbey to enjoy this movie is what I'm saying. The closest <laughs> thing I can connect this to, and you know this means a lot to me, Phantom Thread. You know I think Phantom Thread is just a back and forth ping pong game mm-hmm. between seeing who's going to get the upper hand. That's what's going on here. And the part is one of the characters didn't know it was they didn't know they were in a competition. So when that gets revealed, it it entices you. The direction is incredible. The shots in this movie. You can uh, just like pause it. it like once once you're able to own the movie, you can pause and just leave it on your wall or that thing out. <laughs> yeah. literally what did I say I said Zach has that software that allows yes. you to play movies in the background this is probably uh, going up to mm-hmm. that second perfect for that mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah it's all of the above it, it does one of those things where you know when it's talking about a painter and this very beautiful portrait the portrait of a lady on fire 
They yeah. show it to you. It's not one yeah. of those Pulp Fiction, we're not going to show you what it is. Mm-hmm. They show it to you and leave it to Celine to be like, and yeah, you're going to love it. I want to purchase that thing. I want Neon <laughs> to surpass A20. It's a Neon, right? For sure? I think, yeah, Neon. I want to say it's Neon. Yes, I believe so. Who also has Parasite, the number one I can movie. I double check that. Um, I want them to surpass the A24 store. All they have to do is just have enough in stock when they're selling the things, and I think you'll be able to do that. But, dude, she hits it on all cylinders. The story, the endings, the music, the Mm. cinematography. She begins scenes with the climax, like the visual climax of the scene. Mm -hmm. That's how she begins a scene. It's like, all right, now talk. Now let the dialogue go. I'm really excited to check that one out. Uh, hopefully I will soon and we can talk a little bit more about it. But you said there's another movie that's at the top of your lists. Tell me about Parasite. <laughs> what can I say about I won't Parasite? stop talking about talking about Parasite. It took us for a ride. It really, when you look down into it and how it's structured on, I mean, how can I talk about it without spoiling anything? A lot of the movies that we noticed this year at TIFF did a lot of um, rich versus poor, which yeah. we found was a, a huge reoccurring theme. Not only mm. with this, but Knives Out. Portrait has it a little bit. A little bit, yeah. um, I mentioned Knives Out. Joker. Les Mis. A lot, uh, so yeah. many movies this year. Um, I don't want to say a little bit of Polk, but uh, Son Mother. There was a bunch of movies that really dealt with the 99% going after the 1%. This mm. is... When you search that up in the dictionary, the movie you get yeah. as a definition. So it's it just like in a, a, a really this. incredible examination of class. The poster is the new dark side of the moon. Hmm. In my opinion, in 10 years you, time. Did you see what I sent you? I don't know if Zach, if you've seen it on Twitter, Lulu Lang actually retweeted it herself. Lang, yeah. the, the swap. Yes. Oh, yeah, the swap, the swap. Oh, sorry. Of the farewell and... Uh... Yeah, they did like a fan post or whatever, mm-hmm. and it was a family swapped, and I was like, that's pretty cool. You know that when they start recreating the poster like that, it it just... It's going to be yeah. transcendental, but even more so because both movies, Parasite being fully foreign language, mm-hmm. the farewell being half and half. Our video on it, when we covered it, was she got a lot of flack because it's like, well, is this Chinese or is this American? Yeah. It's like, it's me, mm-hmm. and I'm both. A lot of people have been saying that Parasite is going to be the thing that is going to move a lot of American audiences to stop going, ugh, subtitles. Have you explained this movie to anybody? Because every uh, Karsten said the same thing when he, sh- when he told his mom about it. My mom did the same thing. Oh, it's Korean. Yeah. And we both went, hell yeah, it is. <laughs> hell yeah, it is. It is the better version mm-hmm. of us. That's how it was pitched to me before seeing it the first time. And wow. wow. There's a whole video dissertation that can be made to it. So as someone who is, who enjoys us but doesn't yeah. love us, mm-hmm. uh, this really is it. And what happened to me the first, sh- the first time we saw it? Completely broke down. That never. Okay, so how do I explain this? This is our dynamic. When we go to the movie theater, it does not matter the movie. It could be <laughs> Ice Princess from Disney way back when. Whatever it is, I will shed a tear, right? Anything mm-hmm. and everything will make me cry. Do you know when the AMC guy drops his popcorn? She's <laughs> crying. I'm like, are you. You can get it <laughs> that free popcorn re- lost. Free That's like $10. She'll cry at everything. Me? So for him, he never, ever, yeah. ever, ever. Then I look over. I was like, is that? Yeah, is that Jordan Peele. You know the Jordan Peele gift? <laughs> There's just that coming out of it. I was like, 
she held me. And she's like, I don't know what's going on here, dude. And I, I can't talk about okay. it. Yet. Yeah, and I won't talk about it until the movie's out and everyone can see it. And it's so weird that it's already out overseas, which isn't actually weird. That's a good thing because um, mm-hmm. it's building up to this American hype, and I really hope that. A bunch of audiences go see it. Because I, I, I don't just think that this is a good movie. I think this is going to be a cliche. I think this is going to be the Citizen Kane of its time. In the sense that people are going to look back to it and be like, well, yeah, of course, Parasite. It's already happened. There was a Twitter rant that went on the other day. I'm, I'm not sure if you guys have heard it. It's funny to mention this. But again, this is film Twitter's part of the conversation. Uh, who said, yeah, I'm just waiting for people to actually like real foreign films. Not just the big ones like Parasite. It's so big and it's so good. It's already considered overrated. It's not been released in America. The Oscars haven't even come yet. Like, it's insane. Uh, whether this wins, whether it loses, a lot of people have compared this to Pulp Fiction in the sense of it's it's a staple. Yes, I believe it's a cliche. It's not even out in America yet. I, I truly have faith in this movie. Seen it twice, loved it both times, have noticed more things. The thing with this movie is that I really think it's going to bring an entire... What was the last movie that got nominated for Best Picture that actually had a chance of winning and was a foreign film? I mean, Roma technically last Roma year. Roma was last year. And did it win? But it didn't win. And before and, that, and, I don't do you know. know Alfonso like, like, so people <sighs> haven't even seen Bong Joon-ho movies. Yeah. And Life that man's made movies where they just found the murderer the other day. Like, what? Right. <laughs> yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the stars yeah. seem to be aligning yeah. for the Bong Hive. He's uh, due to get some respect. I, I'm yeah. excited to see it. Because uh, he's a filmmaker that's long been one of our most interesting. Uh, but Say the that's the thing that so, okay. seems so exciting to me is like I think he's made amazing movies. I'm such a fan of uh, Snowpiercer and Okja and The Host. But you do. Okja's one of your favorites. But the, everybody Those seems to be stones, saying that this so is fly. <laughs> perhaps his masterpiece. So I, yes. I don't know. Uh, I, I really, really want to see this movie. And he's so cool. He is. Okay. At so Telluride. At Telluride, this man was being interviewed and was raving about Uncut Gems. Now, this is before <laughs> seeing Uncut Gems, so I'm like, but this man But this made man made Parasite. Parasite, you yeah. know? He's like, yeah, 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 Uncut Gems, though. But he kept talking about Uncut Gems. <laughs> and I was like, are you serious? So it's like, this man's He's really so cool. He's so dope. Mm-hmm. That's like, the he thing loves about movies, it. too. To appreciate it, yeah, to appreciate other movies, and you, see it, you know? Man. You see it. And after having seen Uncut Gems. I think anyone can see this. This isn't just a... Fi- that, that, that's a very important thing to say. A lot of people feel like, oh, I'm not film literate enough to see a movie like this or, or oh I'm going to get distracted with the subtitles no 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 this is going to be so accessible for so many people whether you, you you're an artsy uh, type of person when it comes to movies whether you get bored easily whether you want something that's more act- it, I feel like it has everything Hmm. I feel like the, it almost feels like seven bombs directed this movie. I'm not even gonna lie, it's insane. When do you catch it, dude? Uh, I catch it on October first. So we don't talk. We can talk. Yeah, Parasite and Portrait. Those are our two favorites right off the gate. If you can see any of these, definitely see these. Um, we still have so many more to talk about, though. Yeah, uh, you've also got a few other movies that I didn't see that. I uh, heard nothing but good things from you guys about. Uh, so why don't we start with what have, might have been the most entertaining movie of the festival, Knives Out. Mm. That one was good. Did you like it as much as I did? Mm. Can you explain the premise? It's, I mean, I know your, your tweet kind of summed it up. Mm-hmm. It's the whodunit without it being the cliche whodunit. It's a, you kind of already know the ending, but you're trying to figure out the pieces in between. 
So, or maybe we're just good at solving it. But I think yeah. her and I kind of. I, I really like mysteries yeah. and cops and like okay, yeah. and like the little every movie there. we see. It's twenty minutes into the movie, she goes, "You know, so and so did it," and I was like, "Dude." <laughs> She did that to, in us too. She just yeah. looked at me. She's like, "Were you, you able to do that with this one?" Yes, I I watch most of my he, movies like I'm watching them twice already. He did you know? so more it, than it I did in this one. It wasn't so much of a who done it for you, but that's what I'm saying. It's still that entertaining. It's still pretty good. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. The story All being right. about this family, this very famous mm-hmm. author, who after his death, which mm-hmm. I believe that is revealed, a it's his death. Suicide. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. They believe it's a suicide. Uh, they go in. Or I'm not saying whether it's not or not, because that was the thing. I started thinking so many things, and then she comes in and tells me, "I believe it's going to go this way." And I go, "Are you serious?" <laughs> um, the beauty of it is that it, he, Ryan Johnson leaves so many things that you can go back and be like, "Oh, okay." Even if once you know who did it. You rewatch it again, and maybe there's some clues in there. He's left enough in there for you to chew on. A lot of people have said he's got a lot of Get Out type quotes, considering that it's practically the family in Get Out. <laughs> They're just not doing what they were doing in Get Out. But they still act the same way. Uh, again, another movie where, surprisingly, it is very much about the upper class and the lower class, because yep. unbeknownst to me, who's the main character in the movie, in my opinion? The, the woman, right? The, the nurse. Anna de Armas. Yes. Right. I had no idea she was the main character. I didn't even know she was in the movie, to be honest. I, I, I hadn't seen any trailers. All I yeah, saw Yeah, I've was seen a lot that... of people talking about her performance as one of the standout ones, but, you know, you've got a really great cast here. Uh, what were some of the people who stood out to you among this huge name of talented, uh, talented actors? Who, huge list of talented actors. Mm. Captain America stood out to me. Uh, Tony Collette. Catherine Langford. Uh, and I've been saying, Tony, Tony slays. She's not just a good dramatic actress. She can like she, she can make you feel any more. I'm surprised Tony Collette wasn't a Hustlers, to be honest with you. Uh, those were my standout performances. I really liked Michael Shannon. I don't know if anyone else stood out to you. I know because she, she did all I, the notes. She I'm wrote down up, all I'm the notes, pull up my notes for the see, stuff because she had written some specific things. were written in the dark, so it's yeah. kind of like um, illegible. But it is one of those ensemble casts mm-hmm. that... It, some people say, like, August Osage County, you just stuff a bunch of celebrities in there trying to make it something. No, this is a cast where they really balance off each other. And even some, it's like, uh, uh, 007, Daniel Craig. Craig. Yeah. Right. He comes in, everyone laughed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Including Daniel Craig for his accent. Like, what? <laughs> like, everybody just knew. And they're all grilling him. They're all making fun of him. It's a movie that's very self-aware and it knows what it's aiming for. Um, and, and it's going to be interesting... To see how it's received only because of Ryan Johnson's last movie. And there's a, you know, the trolls will always come over to this one. But I think uh, some people have said that it's very in your face when it comes to political issues. Yeah. There's a lot more political issues in there than you think. There's, there's uh, a running gag joke, I guess you could say, throughout the film on where... Uh, what's the actress's name? Where Anna Darmas is from? Where she's from, or where they where they think she's from? They'll just because like, the maid, just because the maid from Brazil is here. Yeah. Oh yeah, just because the maid from Uruguay is here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just because you're Hispanic, ma- they, and they just Everywhere. all interchange it, and that personally hurt, mm-hmm. and was the funniest joke <laughs> in the movie. Cause right. Damn, is that so accurate. So true. Even at me at the end, searching up, where is Anna from? (laughs) I I already knew. Yeah, that is the perfect example of what this movie Mm -hmm. gets in a whodunit. Everyone's going to go in there looking for Murder of the Orient Express and they're going to come out going, was this Get Out 2? Like, what? (laughs) 
that's what that's what I think makes it a very intriguing movie, and why I say it's very it's, it's worth rewatching because, as you yeah. said, yeah. it goes above a whodunit. Yeah. And I know okay. you haven't generally been the biggest Ryan Johnson fan, so would you say this is now your favorite Ryan Johnson movie? Why to do that to me, dude? The Ryan Johnson fans keep tweeting me, oh, The Fly, one of the best episodes of Breaking Bad. I don't ever want to watch that episode again. I get it. It's very contagious. I, the whole story. I know you do. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm grown now. I got to go watch it again. But I, oh, man. Not a fan of that episode. Not a fan of flies in general. I think that's what it is. You know? Uh, and then uh, Looper again, another movie where I really like, but as a huge and this this one I don't think I need to rewatch again because I am way big into time travel movies. Like I remember mm-hmm. when we watched I've, Looper. Yeah, I had the primer, <laughs> like you know the primer <laughs> thing. You yeah. know, I was one of those guys. Um, uh, I mean, I'll give it another watch with the best of the decade mm-hmm. and stuff. But yeah, I've never been the biggest fan. This is easily his best work in my opinion. Easily, it's it's fun. It's fun. it's a good movie, dude. It, it's fun. not a lot of people just say, "Oh, it's a fun, cute movie." He's got some good points in there. Some bits Very where cool. you're like, "Eh," mm. but another Canadian French movie had that. Oh yeah. That movie has some scenes that are like that would never happen, but that's that movie still slaps. So I hope this this gets a a pretty big rise. Uh, that's depending though on the winner. I don't know if that was your next one, but I keep combining these two together. Because we saw him on the same day. Yeah, let's go for it. Uh, Jojo Rabbit took home the People's Choice Award. Uh, I was hoping to see this one, but did not fit into my schedule. (laughs) You got Ford, though. You got Ford and Ferrari. I did. I did. We'll get to that. Uh, But tell me about Jojo Rabbit. What did I miss? What questions do you have about Jojo Rabbit? Because the question seems to be like based on the Twitter reaction is like, is this movie funny or is this movie saccharine? Right. You're of Jewish descent. I've participated in various Jewish rituals. Do you see? Or does it? Does the trailer upset you? The trailer doesn't. I mean, I also don't necessarily find the trailer hysterical. Interesting. Um, okay, I, I'd say that's a probably. I haven't seen the trailer yet. I just have seen the marketing on Twitter uh, with Downfall. Yeah. That mm-hmm. got me, and it's Taika. That was funny. It's not Taika's best. No. But it's still funny. Uh, maybe tonally inconsistent. To a lot of people, but mm-hmm. I noticed that the younger people in our crowd mm-hmm. had no problem because we're always on Twitter and stuff. And I'm not saying that the older generation isn't, but mm-hmm. seeing the changes a lot of, of going from like, oh, this is very funny and sarcastic, like a lot of the other movies, like The Boy, and then it'll just jump into yeah. like emotional manipulation. I'll just put that. Like, right. you know, the feather mm-hmm. in Forrest Gump? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of some other ones. The shoes is that one in this movie. Uh, you'll see it right from the, the start, but that's a very manipulating one that they have in the movie. Uh, not saying that it doesn't hit, mm-hmm. but you're kind of like, it's like when you're eating McDonald's and you go like, yeah, this hit the spot, but you know it's going to hurt later. <laughs> it's not that healthy for you. You're watching this and you're like, yeah, it's effective and it works, but it's very manipulative, I felt. Mm-hmm. But there are some jokes in there that are funny. There are some jokes in there that... The crowd was. Did the not movie like not sit with you so well? Like, or did you have you liked it less as you've grown some distance from seeing it? I don't know about you. You, I mean, you go first on that one. I enjoyed it, but at the same time, it's one of those things. Like, should you be laughing? Mm. No, no, I laugh at it. I, but I, it, it's <laughs> one of those things because, like, after I don't think the intent is wrong. That's why. Yeah, it's not wrong. It's not like, like Laquisha, you know. 
Like mm. that movie. piece of garbage movie. Did like it that. Ever come out? I don't. I hope it didn't. <laughs> uh, that Laquisha, did. for but. those of you who don't know, is a story of a white man who wanted to be the voice <laughs> of a black woman because he needed. It's that line from Late Night. Hi, I wish I was a minority woman <laughs> so that I can get any job I wanted. It's that li- that ignorant yeah. line to the max. Um, but no, in our screening, I felt, and we went to the PNI. This, this is it. Yeah, we went this. to the PNI screening for those of you who don't know. PNI is for Press and Industry, and you can feel the ev- divide. You could feel the divide, but there was still a good a majority good of people who were laughing. That were laughing. But the so other then, half was like, no, 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 no. So <laughs> then, when everyone's reviews came out and they were like geared towards the negative, negative. you know, mm. I was like. But you're all laughing. We, we came out a little you know? bit. We're like, oh man. Well, that doesn't mean that the people who wrote the reviews True. could have been True. the ones who were quiet during True. the jokes. True. But what it, what we felt is the first thing she said was, "It's gonna be like a Bechdel test. Like, <laughs> did you find JoJo funny or not?" <laughs> and then it wins the People's Choice Award, which yeah. is really interesting. And I start wondering, is this one of those divides again? It's right. one of the biggest things with Ad Astra movies. Not even the tip. It's always been the divide between the critics mm-hmm. and the fans, and between, I guess, what what really is. You know, in comedy specials, and it was even brought up in the Emmys last night. PC culture versus comedy. That was a big thing. Uh, uh, Even the Emmys made a joke about it with not having a host. That not having a host is because you want to make sure you can control the jokes and stuff like that. Do I see Jojo Rabbit as being that? I don't know. That's up for anyone to call. I found some jokes to be funny. I found some other jokes not to be offensive, just... They just fell flat. <laughs> they just good. weren't. Yeah. They just weren't funny. I'm more of a person who gets more offended when the joke just ain't funny and you went for it, as opposed to um, it maybe not sitting well with somebody else. Because I feel yeah. the intent is there. Taika is of Jewish descent, as a lot of people say, Indonesian Jewish descent. Is that true? Uh, yeah, that, as far as I've okay, read, I yes. I want to make sure because it's like I don't. I don't keep up with him like that. I just keep <laughs> up with him with his movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so if that's so, um, the case, you know. It, 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 it having won the People's Choice Award, uh, that's a award that, for whatever reason, has tend to uh, forecast a future Best me, Picture man. nomination yeah, at the Green Oscars. Green Book last year, yeah, Green Book last year. It is true because that, yeah. Do you feel like it is? It has the potential to go all that way, or, or it deserves that? On, honestly, no, I, no. No, it's not because it's a bad movie, but I think it's like the. the the, what you would call it PC stuff that it Not has even, along with it you didn't find I, I, like, it to I be like see. an important movie even though it's about like it, it, it's sort of positioning it, itself as this anti-hate satire sure um, how do, how I mean, I, we really liked it yeah. we just don't think it was if like that if you were to replace yeah. it in modern times with a, a specific person and make fun of that way and use that satire, guarantee the majority of the, the audience way. would love it. Probably, yeah. But because it deals with, you know, Adolf and, you know, that. Then. It's interesting because the first thing that we said coming out of it was that. It's like, I wonder if the people who don't like it will like Jojo Rabbit in 30 years <laughs> when it's different. It's about concentration camps uh, at the border. Yeah, or something the ice, like that. The ice yeah, like what? Yeah. What are we gonna do when it's the kid who's talking to Trump, right? As his as his friend or something like that. Then I started yeah, realizing, and, is that even darker? Like, is that a mass shooting type movie? We also have another movie called Joker. So yes, it was interesting, I guess, because when you're asking me this question, I'm thinking of Joker. I'm thinking of a bunch of the other movies that have become this huge discussion of: is there a responsibility on the artist? So I think that's as good a transition I as don't any. Know if I can answer that, but yeah. 
I, I uh, also didn't get to catch Joker, but the two of you did. It was uh, the talk of the festival circuit after winning the Gold Lion yeah. at the Venice Film Festival and uh, getting some big reactions in Toronto. What, what do you guys think? Are you in on the hype? Is this one of the better movies that will come out uh, this year? Is this one of the better comic book movies of all time? Or is it not a comic book movie? Bro, this movie should not. It does not have DC Comics at the beginning. It shouldn't have DC Comics. Shouldn't even be called Joker. Cut the budget in half. You got yourself a movie that every critic will be rooting for, as they did. Uh, we need to talk about Kevin, as they they do a bunch of other movies. I, I think you would have a great independent movie if you don't connect it to the Joker. That's sad. You wouldn't also have all this buzz if you didn't connect it to the yeah. Joker. It's mm -hmm. like the best movie and the worst movie at the same time. It just makes you feel so uneasy. I'm tired of it, and it hasn't even come out yet. This is the movie you know people aren't going to stop talking about. Yeah. And this is, I keep saying, once it comes out, you're going to wish we had the Batman v Superman and release the <laughs> Snyder Cut folks coming back again, all right? Because yeah, I mean, it seems like the, the debates here are going to be about actual substantive and potentially, like, threatening issues, not just, like, release the movie. I don't want to say that, right? I want to have the best in humanity. That's what I kept yeah. saying. Then I saw the movie. And it's going to be really weird because when you're arguing with someone is that we don't need the Snyder Cut, they'll argue that Batman and Superman, who are what? Heroes, should be seen. Bro, how are you going to argue with me about Joker? No, his story deserves to be told. And it's not and it's not a story that no one has not, like... Don't get me wrong. Like, I liked it. We liked it. It's yeah. just, when, yeah. when we were watching it's... it, we had people who were, like, cheering at the worst parts. We're like, no, that's a... Sir, that's bad. He should not... That's not good. He's the bad guy. <laughs> But they, man, it's too, it's too, um, what would you say? I mean, it seems you, like it's a loaded movie, you know? It's too good at uh, sympathizing with yes. Arthur. Mm. Yeah. Because, you know, it's really like he's our good. main character, so you follow him, you, you so, go through what he's going through, you you feel bad for him, for but then at the go, same yeah. time, it's like, are you just going to outweigh what's right and what's wrong because you're following right. him? And is that not the purpose of the movie? Does that yeah. not make it a successful movie? Yeah. Is it too successful at being that good of a movie? I don't know. Incredible performance. A lot of people, everyone yeah. came out of the thing saying, might as well just give it to him. They said it's between him and Tom Hanks, which then made me go, Tom Hanks is supporting, so maybe y'all don't know yeah. what you're talking about. But there is a valid debate between someone else who played the Joker and also won an Oscar, Heath Ledger. That is a debate that will be going on for a very long time. And that is intriguing to me in terms of a performance. As a DC fan, it is very interesting to see how this movie takes a different perspective of the Joker. Mm -hmm. Sympathizing with him, sure, but also creating a lore because there are some other characters that appear here that, uh, again, I think it could be its own story without them. Joaquin mm. Phoenix gives enough of a performance. But with them, it actually makes you rethink a lot of what you knew about certain characters. Yep. And again, brings a Parasite-ish 99% versus the 1% thing. A lot of people are ignoring that story because, you know, you're sympathizing with a terrorist. It's a terrorist. Yeah. He is. He's a terrorist. He's a villain. He's a mad villain, right? Um, but if you can take away what we know of the Joker mm -hmm. and try to just see of this, like, broken man, you'll see the cause of effect of how it's... It's called the Joker, and he's a bad guy, but who made him that? In the end. That's the best way you can see the movie. It's what caused him to be then. How do you fix that? Mm. 
But the worry is, how many people are going to be like, yeah, it won't be him. Right. Like, who who, who, who sees that message Knight, and how right? do they Everyone receive co- that message? Exactly. How many kids came up to you going, why are you so serious? And I was like, bro, cool impression, bro. Cool impression, yeah. bro. Goodbye. In the end. The joke's on. You say that. You're <laughs> saying that. Well, I'm not saying it. Uh, there are a couple more movies that both of you saw and liked that I didn't get to see, including A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, La Belle Epoque, and Hope Gap. Uh, I don't know where you guys want to start, but uh, let me know which so which were those. Hope Gap. Oh, we're going to start like... Hope Gap. Your quick thoughts on that one. Quick thoughts. Uh, intense. Um... Marriage is solved. I mean, it's just <laughs> marriage is terrible. <laughs> it's the story of the director who actually puts himself in the. Uh, he he plays. Uh, there's a younger version of himself who is with both of his parents who are in the middle of getting a divorce. And the best thing I can say about this one is Bill Nye and uh, I keep disrespecting her. And I really think she's going to get a nomination. I am rooting for her to get a nomination. I will figure uh, this out. Please. Do you know who's the leader? Annette Bening. Annette Benning, I keep Benning, disrespecting yes. her. Um, and I actually saw her in the red carpet. The only celebrity I saw at the red carpet, I was like, is that Annette Benning? Walked right by us. Um, Annette Benning does an incredible job. One of the lines, and, and then we'll move on to the next one, is she goes to her son, you you wouldn't stop a murder on the street, right? Because she's not. the son's not doing anything, doesn't want to get involved with the divorce. Would you stop a murder on the street? Why, yes. Well, your mother's marriage is being murdered right in front of you, and you're not doing a damn thing about yeah. it. At that point, I said, I am... Y'all said J-Lo? Yeah. Y'all said J- Look, J-Lo's a good performance, but my top five is filled, and Annette Benning's definitely closing out that gap right there. Uh, what's so, the next one? La Bella Puck. La Bella Puck. Oh, this one is so... This one's so sad. Mm-hmm. It's so touching. It's the story of a man whose son gives him a gift on him being able to go to this place where they recreate an entire era of his choosing. Anything you want. And he decides to choose the moment that he met his wife. 1974. Four, yeah. 1974. So they recreate everything from memory. And the fact that the the guy... Um, the good. director of the actual like Westworld-type project that you can live in. Yeah, he mm-hmm. is friends with the son. And he always appreciated their relationship and their marriage. Because he never had that with his parents. With his parents. And he always loved it. So he had almost like his passion project was him. To do this. So then the guy is also an artist. So he has pictures of his wife. And he drew and it makes things it super from memory. Easy and- so he's able to just like recreate everything. It's like, oh, I didn't drop a glass of water on you. It was the wine. How did we miss that detail? You know, guys, it's right here. It's all drawn out for you. And you just see this evolve. And slowly and slowly, you know, whoever's the actress playing the now then wife. Starts forgetting. It's, it's started, he's starting to then, instead of drawing his wife, he's yeah, drawing well, this woman. Oh, without spoiling too much, too much, too, too much. much. There's still a lot much, more. I called it a reverse. Um, hmm. Eternal spot, uh, eternal, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Because he's trying to actually remember her. It's right, a little right. bit of Westworld. It's like the game, and then right towards the yeah. last half. It, 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 it's not. It's I'm not saying it's better than any of these movies that I mentioned. Yeah. You had even called it to Jim Carrey's. Oh, um, Truman Showish. Truman Showish. It's a Truman hmm. Show. Mixed where you start with forgetting, the... yeah, who's in the show, who's not. It gets yeah. very intriguing. I said it peaks and it gets just a hint of uh, Synecdoche, New York, yes. in there. Yes, so if you're a fan does. of any of those, I'm not saying this is better than any of those. I still think yeah. those are all masterpieces. But this is a nice supplementary one mm-hmm. to have there. It's a very almost didn't see, and she goes, she read me the synopsis again. She's like, 
bro, we're see. watching this. <laughs> we did. It was very enjoyable. Um, Love that. Yeah, one. pretty good. The final one. What's our final one? Uh, a beautiful day in the neighborhood, directed by my girl yeah, Marielle this. Heller. Three things. Marianne Heller needs a directing nomination. Yes, just give it to her right? now. Y'all disrespected Ava at the Emmys. Academies do not disrespect Marianne Heller with it. I'm not mm-hmm. saying give it to her yet because Bong Joon Ho, I hope, is there too. I mean, and also, Celine deserves to be in there. There are so many. True. But do you remember we had conversations in the past about like, well, was people would be like, was there even enough female directors? Like, <laughs> <Did> Sofia Coppola <laughs> okay. make something this I'll year? Tell you there this. is an abundance this I'll year. I'll tell you dude. this. I like going into movies completely blank to the point where. I don't know who directs or does anything, and then I look at that up afterwards. Mm-hmm. The spot of, I enjoyed this movie and loved the way it was directed, and then finding out it was a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, it's a bonus. You know, it's like, right. it's a woman. It makes you go, you know? oh, now I understand why there was so heartfelt. Yeah. It's a therapy <laughs> session. Yes. Uh, what's his, uh, Hanks is not the lead. Yeah, that was the thing that surprised a lot of people. He's kind of the supporting character in this. Blew up. We woke up in the morning. We was like, we're not. It's more about we the journalist tired. that's interviewing him. It's about yeah. the journalist. The movie begins. I'm, I'm only gonna tell you what yeah. happens in the first twenty minutes. This is a Mister Ryan. And it, but that's she not directs. a bad thing, though. No, Mm-mm. she directs this like a therapy session. Yeah. It's supposed to be an interview thing, and you realize every conversation that he has, like, the, the journalist really goes. So we just go talk about my dad. The movie. This is a Mister Rogers episode. She directed yeah. it like a Mister Rogers episode. No one told me she was. Going all in. No one told me there was going to be transitions. Yep. As if we were watching a Mr. Rogers episode and the study is on the reporter. And the reporter thinks he's the one interviewing Mr. Rogers. He's the one being interviewed. Is a Mr. Rogers episode that starts with a son punching his father in the face. <laughs> and it feels so real and it makes you go, he was never just G for the sake of being G. He was G and he... A- Oh, G. A real G, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a G-rated show that still covered issues like that. Yeah. I'm a Mr. Rogers stan. We covered the documentary to death. Yeah. I've worn the sweater. I, Which, if you oof. haven't seen, you should definitely check it out. Bring She's very proud chairs. of that edit. Yeah. I'm so proud of our Every LME time we edit. rewatch that, the, that LME video, we always... Because it ends with him. She found a specific line. I was like, yeah. man, it's beautiful. Again, supporting them. Marianne, please... Please let your team push you all the way to get that nomination. Dude, you loved Can You Ever Forgive Me last year, right? Yeah, yeah. As well as uh, The Diary of a Teenage Diary Girl, of a Teenage her Girl. previous One of the film. first videos when we both started doing YouTube stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Dude, she is killing it. Yeah. She's, there's some shots that she does where you're just like, okay, you're just... She makes you feel every emotion of every character in the room, and sometimes there's 10 people. I am not kidding. Pause the frame. You know exactly what every person is feeling. She cares about every single character mm-hmm. in the movie. It's, what did I say? I was like, it's like she's weaving it, but I thought oh. that was a t- too sexist of a comment to say. <laughs> said, they're just knitting. She's so good. It's like she's knitting. weaving everything together. Oh my God. All it's of fantastic. it. It's fantastic, dude. It's beautiful. I'm really excited to see that one. I, I'm as a big fan of her work. And also just like the idea of Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers just feels so perfect. It's the best option, right? And it's, yeah. and it's just enough. It's not like, okay, like I obviously know that's Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just enough. It's nice. Per- it's like a. He get he gets the yeah. essence of him. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's most of the stuff that I believe you saw that you liked. Aside from the things that I know we've all seen, mm-hmm. I wanted to get into a few of the movies that I was able to catch For that sure, you dude. missed. Uh, starting it off with Ford v Ferrari, uh, okay. the story of. Uh, 
Matt Damon as Ford and Christian Bale as Ferrari. That, that, so actually that's what, what I, I thought, thought. <laughs> uh, before I went in, but that's not what it is at all. Uh, it's, it is the story of how uh, the Ford Motor Company basically decided to uh, challenge Ferrari's dominance in, uh, in race car uh, building mm-hmm. through in the mid '60s uh, with basically uh, an American car designer named Carl Shelby, played by Matt Damon, and a driver named Ken Miles, played by Christian Bale. So they are on the same team trying to uh, take down Ferrari in this movie, which is fun because you get a lot of conversations between two really charismatic actors who who know how to handle themselves against uh, with one another. Uh, it, it's a great performance from them both. Uh, they they're just I find they're both really fun to watch kind of being regular. There's moments where, uh, you know, they're, they'll just be fixing a car and they'll, they'll be talking about, uh, the different things they could do to make the, make the race car go faster. And it's the process, the, the, the process of it that becomes really intriguing. uh, intriguing and kind of hypnotizing in a way you, you like I, I, by the end I was like, yeah, you know, uh, make sure they, they got to change the tires out in time. <laughs> He's telling his Uber so, driver after the fact, you know, I could feel this in my butt. He was like Daniel Brule and Rush. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's the thing. It's like, I'm not somebody who cares about, about cars particularly, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it kind of just gets you in uh, like, the way that some uh, there's like we're gonna put on a show movies. This is like we're gonna ma- we're gonna win a race movie. You know we're gonna we're gonna okay. meet all these obstacles and figure them out and and get around problems in fun ways. Uh, it, it's Interesting. not it it's nothing that reinvents the wheel. Sorry for the pun, uh, but it's a really it's a really well done movie from director James Mangold with a lot of really good actors That's in right. it. You know, this is sort of a weird reaction. I don't know what this necessarily means, but it's like this is a movie that I think I'm going to take my dad to. Uh, I didn't feel that about. I I didn't feel that about some of my favorite movies, but I felt that about uh, this at TIFF. You're not you're you're not the only one who said that. I have some other questions for you on the movie too. But somebody else said that too. They said uh, between this and this, and they said, I mean, if there's one to see in a Mm -hmm. theater. Uh, the other one's better, but mm-hmm. you gotta go see this yeah. one. They said Ford mm-hmm. and Ferrari. It's a true story. Yeah, uh, it's based on a true story. I don't know how true, but it seems like it's uh, pretty close to the close to the real thing. We're big fans of Rush. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, better, worse, or I, right in the middle? I was like, more into this than Rush. Although I, I know there's some people who really love Rush. Um, I just kind of felt like I was with the story a little bit more, uh, but. You know, Rush was also great, so I, I can't really. Uh, Does Ford v mm. Ferrari have a naked Hemsworth? <laughs> no, there's no naked Hemsworth, no naked Bale, and no naked Damon. Um, but uh, between the two actors. So this is a thing. Two, yeah, you know the conversation yeah. I'm asking. Should they just right. both get nominated together, like as a package? Right, kind of. Like this is a little bit of a uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood situation mm-hmm. where there's kind of yeah. two leads. Yeah. Why are we getting so um, many of these at once? Right, like it's, you can't. The pattern. Couldn't you let them solve it this year and then once upon, you know? <laughs> right, right. Um, I told you this back when we were in Toronto. Uh, I think that Christian Bale maybe pops off the screen a little bit more, but ultimately it's Matt Damon who kind of gets like the Oscar-y mm-hmm. emotional scene towards the end. And, and I think that might be the thing that pushes him over the edge into lead and maybe uh, Christian Bale goes supporting. But I don't know. Maybe they'll try and run a double lead. I, I, I could mm-hmm. see that happening too. 
Do you see anything else standing out from the movie? Do you see directing? Do you see, I don't know, maybe some of the technical stuff? I wouldn't I, be surprised if this gets in for sound mixing, for all the, uh, you know, race, uh, the race noises, all the engine noises and stuff like that. It's a lot of times okay, these louder yeah, sure. movies uh, that end up in the sound mixing categories. But uh, it, it's really well shot. I, I, it's not like a front runner for cinematography, but I could see it for cinematography or production design, some stuff like that. But par- primarily it's the two actors and okay. then maybe the movie as a whole because it's just a satisfying movie you know it's uh you talked about how knives out has uh political elements to it yes. which is something that i like uh this doesn't this is just a fun movie which, this which is a, a good thing yeah yeah and it, i think i think it will be ultimately because it's just a fun good movie i was looking up some of the stuff i uh i oh i keep forgetting Dame, damon's in the movie because front and center for everything is what's his name christian bale right like, even in the one shot, it's profile of him, or sorry, side of uh, Damon, but what's his name is actually looking out. This comes out the 15th of November. Knives Out comes out the 27th of November for Thanksgiving. It's mm-hmm. going to be interesting how they do that. Mm-hmm. Because at least this one will have built up traction. Yep. Pardon the pun. When it comes <laughs> it's one to of those, like, the mom takes the kids to see Frozen, and the dads go see Ford this, Ferrari. But this know? will have a little bit of a... That too. That, yeah. yeah. So we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Uh, another movie that I liked at the festival, it's from a couple directors that I know, Art, you're a fan of, Justin Yo, Benson and Aaron Moorhead. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is Synchronic. It's a new mm-hmm. sci-fi, low-budget sci-fi from like the guys, guys who did The Endless. And yes. uh, what, are, what else have they done? I always forget the other one, but it takes place in a cabin with this guy who's trying to help his buddy uh, with oh, rehab. Oh, Spring, I, Spring, Spring. Spring, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like, you haven't seen those two movies, but they no. kind of do something. I'm not going to spoil what it is, but they they treat their fans well. You know, they, they, they go, hey, shout out to the real fans within their movies. They give nice little shout outs. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. How was this one, though? Because this is bigger actors. Right, you got Jamie Dornan of uh, Fifty Shades fame, and mm-hmm. Anthony Mackie, who uh, does Captain a really America. great job in this. Really great job in this film. I, I like Anthony Mackie a lot, but I think he kind of doesn't always have the best uh, uh, get the best roles. This is a good role for him. Uh, okay. it, they they are two paramedics living in New Orleans. Uh, like all good sci-fi movies, it's you know in a world familiar but a little bit different. Mm-hmm. In this case, okay. uh, they're. It, it, all drugs are legal in this world, which has led to a lot of designer drugs being created, including the drug Synchronic. And cool, cool. Synchronic has uh, potentially uh, otherworldly effects on on its users. And it becomes this very intriguing adventure story uh, for for that I don't really want to spoil, but say that the way that it unfolded felt very natural in a, in a sense that, like, it... Some movies you feel when the plot clicks into place, right? You yeah. you see the initiating incident and you see how things move out from there. This was more like a slice of life movie, but in the context of sci-fi, where some things happen and then now some other here. things happen, and then and we're ne- here, and now we're mm. now we're going, and, and and now we're in the middle of some adventure. What and, I like and to I hear. loved I loved the way that it unfolded. It, it kind of just pulled you along, and uh, it, it, it's. You know, it's got a really intriguing uh, premise that 
doesn't necessarily feel like it's been re- done a lot. The, the combination of synthetic drugs and the sci-fi element that I don't want to spoil. Uh, I, I liked it a lot. I'm sure there'll be some people who point out some plot hole mechanics, stuff like that. They have the last two as well. I don't go to their movies yeah. for that. But, but from my understanding of how they make their movies, like this is something, it is really well thought out. It is really interesting. And, and I was totally entertained by this. So Legit. I'm hoping people keep Synchronic on their lists. And then you saw them at the Q&A, right? Aren't they dope? Yeah. Aren't they They're, dope? Yeah, very dope. Very cool guys. Uh, I, I They were very happy to know that there were people in the audience who like actually saw their previous movies uh-huh. which was really <laughs> cool yeah, yeah so uh i, I was uh, really happy to see synchronic cool, i hope you get to catch up with that one that was dope i'm so mad i missed it yeah. dude and yeah. i had an opening and they, they denied they said sorry it's full turn on it wasn't i was like yeah. why did you see that one what yeah. else did another you catch? another one that i know from a director you like Corey findley who did uh thoroughbreds his new movie bad education which uh we we just found out also sold for a lot of money to HBO, so yeah. this will be coming to HBO yeah. soon. Do you know how upset I am? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be able to see it in theater. I you missed your shot. No, and it's not even. It's HBO for what campaign, Zach? Yep, yep. 2020. Yeah, it's going to take a while. <sighs> I wanted to make sure one of us saw it, so tell me. Finally, tell me because yeah. I told you don't tell so, me anything until we record. Uh, Thoroughbreds did did a really mm. interesting job of kind of uh, satirizing kind of uh, like suburban culture a little mm-hmm. bit, uh, def- like taking the piss out of the this idea of like happy youths or whatever. Um, this isn't quite so uh, subversive. It's a little bit more uh, a little bit more in the real world than Thoroughbreds was, okay. but it's it's got this really fun comedic edge to it that I think. Uh, both movies share and the thing is that this movie stars Hugh Jackman in the lead role Mm -hmm. and I think it does this really interesting thing where for me Hugh Jackman is this kind of unknowable guy like he he's done a lot of different very different roles and none of them necessarily feel like oh I'm watching Hugh Jackman if you know what I'm saying I feel that about uh, Christian Bale Right, like you don't. It's it's kind of hard to know what his personality is and you still see them yeah yeah Exactly. So this movie does a really interesting thing in that it casts him in a role of a guy who's leading these kind of secret double lives. And it, it, he, he's presenting one face publicly and is a completely different person in private uh, as the superintendent for a large public school. Uh he gets involved at the cent- at the center of this embezzlement scandal and just seeing the way that he tries to both keep his, keep appearances up while keeping the walls from caving in around him just gets really tense and funny. Uh, I, I found it a really fun movie. It's based on a true story also. It's got uh, Allison Jenny doing a killer Long Island accent. Really, really funny movie. Does she movie. live in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> the yes. last three Allison Jenny movies I've seen, they kill her off <laughs> off screen. <laughs> she she lives. Don't um, worry. Okay. Uh, here's the thing with it. Uh, when we saw when we caught Thoroughbreds at Sundance, that movie didn't come yeah. out till two years later. Yeah. And I made the joke. I said, if we don't catch Bad Education at TIFF, it's not going to come out. What happens? Uh, so because it's being picked up by HBO, does that mean it's got an Emmy? Or are, is HBO with the entire streaming wars trying to do something in terms of... So that's the thing that I was a little bit confused by because this movie doesn't scream Emmys to me. Um, That being said, it's good. 
you know, and you've got some star power attached to it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it does end up getting some nominations, but it doesn't. You know what it, I mean? Are they going for a limited movie or like I'm, I'm confused here? It's the thing is, it's kind of like a little bit understated in a way that I don't know will grab attention the way that some other movies might. I, I, I enjoyed it. I think people will like it. But I mm-hmm. found it a bizarre buy for HBO. This seems for much, that much more to, suited yeah. to be like one of those weird August releases that ends up getting uh, you know a bunch of money. Like this is this should have been like the like a Good Boys type of release or a Booksmart type of release. Interesting, yeah, because you we've been following the HBO acquisitions, uh, especially earlier this year at Sundance. You know, with Native right. Son and Share, where they just bought them off a twenty four. Would they ever? And that's it. Would they ever dabble? in theatrical release yeah like netflix does theirs and i don't know could that be a game changer right there i mean and at that point it wouldn't really be emmys you could still yeah, well, at that point ah, it would, no not really would it no at that point once you have a theatrical one theatrical run you are able to submit so yeah that's why excuse right. me they're doing that for the irishman that's why they're doing that for two popes that's why they're doing that for everything HBO, excuse me i've never done that because they're like no we're tv reinvented yeah but tv got to reinvent also <laughs> tv reinvented itself while hbo was doing their thing and now hbo yeah. i don't know if this is their run for something because with all these i mean maybe when netflix had beasts uh what was the one with from, from no nation piece of no mm-hmm. nation and stuff yeah. remember that was like the one movie out of the brights and everything else mm-hmm. now they got irishman yeah. Roma last year. So I don't know two if HBO is just building into that. Maybe they got a little too cocky for a bit. They're like, we got Game of Thrones. We ain't got... People come to us. We mm-hmm. ain't worried about the movie theaters and stuff. But now they're going, we can't get Emmys. because what, changed. dude? Yeah, the game's change. If they're going to get in our spot, then we need to get some movies out there too. So, I mean, this is the only acquisition I've heard that they actually have a plan for. So I'm curious to see what they was, do. Was there a dollar amount I'm really mad that you was got. released? Nah, I, I believe they said the dollar amount was $20 million. Wow. What? I believe that's what's been reported. But my only thing is... How much did how, Hugh Jackman cost? <laughs> like, my only thing is, if you pay that much for a thing, you can't just have it streaming, can you? Yeah. When you pay that much? This is a new era. This is a new era. I don't know. That's crazy to me. I mean, you really bring it in that many... New subscribers. Hey, well, that Christmas movie starring uh, Kurt Russell on Netflix made them two hundred billion dollars. <laughs> hey, so don't you under don't you underestimate? Yeah. Must okay. Be sadly mistaken. What else we got? Uh, something a little bit more low key than That's that cool. is the Romanian documentary it's Collective International Film okay. Festival. Let me know about this because I got twenty emails from this a day from 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 the PR team on this. Is it good? It's really, really good, man. I, I should have had the emails. I've only seen good things of it on Twitter. Oh, yeah. No. So this this also falls into uh, I, I've extolled uh, Midnight Family several times on this podcast this year. Yes. It falls mm-hmm. into the Midnight Family category of okay. so well shot it could easily fool you into being a narrative movie. Really quick, um, Midnight Family was a Sundance movie about this. another documentary. Yeah, that Mexican is just, family. About, about Mexican paramedics, but both are just gorgeously shot in ways that, in, in and paced in ways that feel much more like narrative films than documentary films. You know, I, the thing that I was really stunned by, because the, the essentially this is a documentary about massive healthcare fraud in uh, it, in the Romanian uh, okay. healthcare yeah, yeah. system. 
sounds super compelling, right? No, not I, I know that that's not like a selling point by itself, but what it ends up being is this kind of like spotlight all the president's men, investigative reporters breaking down, you know, knocking on walls and finding out things and kind of changing the system from the outside. Uh, you know, this is one of the best journalism movies I've ever seen, and it's fiction, it's not fiction, you know. Uh, I was really, really just blown away and, and gripped by this movie in a way that I wasn't expecting to be. It moves at a pace that not a lot of documentaries move at. It's got just some incredible, incredible footage, including uh, the thing, the inciting incident for a lot of this stuff was a deadly fire at a uh, nightclub uh, in Romania. They somehow have the footage from inside the club. What? What year was this? I, I don't remember, but recently... 2015. Um, yeah, it, so it was a Bucharest nightclub called Collective, which is where the documentary oh, gets a, its yeah, name okay. from. It, it's it's easily just like it, it's not for the faint of heart. Uh, you know, you're not you don't see people burning alive. You hear some awful screams, but mm -hmm. it, it there's no one shot in a f movie documentary or narrative this year that I was just pulled in by more than that one. Uh, so if only for those moments, you really, really got to see Collective. Better than Midnight Family? I don't think so personally, but I, you know, I have a soft spot for Midnight Family. I thought yeah. uh, Midnight Family did a lot of things really well. It, it kind of is this family drama on top of being an investigation into uh, the Mexican uh, ambulance system. Uh, you know, I just I just kind of fell in love with that movie, but it's I think more people will like Collective than liked Midnight Family. So going off of that, do you think that has a better um, awards run? Because did you I, see? I would not be surprised at all to see. It, did you see uh, Honey, uh, in, Honeyland? He did. Yes, yes. yes. Because you to were really me, big on that one. Because I said mm -hmm. the movie about the bees, and you're like, yeah, homie, yo, the movie about the about bees. the bees. I have yet to catch Honeyland and Collective. I I would expect to be. Uh, heavily involved in the Oscar shortlist for documentaries. Okay. Okay. Uh, so one more movie, and then we'll move on to some things we've both seen. I got to ch check out The Two Popes. Uh, it's yeah. the upcoming Netflix release about uh, the transition between Pope, uh, I don't remember his Pope name, but Pope Ratzinger to Pope Bergoglio. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we're living in one of the rare eras where there are two Catholic, uh, Catholic Pope's alive right now. Yeah. Uh, and so this movie sort of takes some liberties with troop, uh, with the truth to kind of get a situation where it's basically like a buddy comedy with these two guys. You have Jonathan <laughs> Price playing uh, the Argentinian Pope and you have Anthony Hopkins playing the German Pope. Uh, and Ratzinger, for those of you who, who know anything about uh, their legacies, it's basically thought of that Ratzinger, the uh, older pope, is much more of like a, a, a strict uh, a strict Bible reader in terms of uh, how he how he thinks the doctrine should be spread, whereas uh, Bergoglio is a little bit more lenient, a little bit more lax, a that little bit more Hopkins? open. That would be Hopkins? No, that would be, that would be pri uh, Price as the more open one. Ha Hopkins is the sterner one. Really? Um, okay. 
Yeah. So the entire movie ends up being, you know, these guys sitting down, exchanging uh, ideas about Catholicism or life and soccer and food and whatever have you. Uh, And it's just this really interesting series of conversations between two figures who are, are, you know, in very unique positions, right? Like, Mm -hmm. yes, these conversations there's no way to know if these conversations actually happened, but just imagining what these two people would have to talk about ends up being super, super compelling. It is. Plus, yeah. plus given the, the skill of these two actors, I would love to have seen this as a play just to see these Ooh. guys live in front of me doing this kind of thing, mm-hmm. because it really, it really is just a two hander. There's other people kind of in this movie, but they don't matter at all. I like that uh, a lot. Yeah. It, I, I really enjoyed it. Just a, it, you know, this is a we- it's a weird way to describe it, but it is kind of a hangout movie. If you want to hang two out with popes. two popes, <laughs> I told her the other day. I said I literally told her I have an idea for a short film. She said, "What is it?" I said, "I said, I said a rabbi, a priest, and an imam walk into a bar. That's all it says." And it was a story about how rabbis with other rabbis, it's like a competition with or with Catholics. It's like who can be holier. But when they were there with the opposition. Right. Let's go get some drinks. They ain't gonna judge you because they believe completely different. This is from the guy who did uh, City of God. Yeah, Fernando Morales. I know. Uh, it was so because it, was get, it got picked up by Netflix that I was like, I don't know. And then I'm looking here that it seems like it got pushed to December. Dude, I really, really? Hope I, didn't know that. I really hope that's not the case. I hope I'm, IMDb just is trolling me because huh. they heard we we're talking about it and they know I didn't catch it. But yeah. Yeah, well, I'm excited to see that one uh, again. I, I think that's also going to be, you know, uh, it, because the premise is something that's okay. so kind of catch, yes, catchy, you know, you can easily explain it. I think this is going to be one of those movies that's really easy to see with other people to mm-hmm. recommend to family and stuff like that. Uh, I would not be surprised wow. if this is like one of those movies that a lot of people watch like together on Thanksgiving or at Christmas yeah. when you get together. Yeah. It's insane. What you just um, saw is that say? The, the release date for Netflix, once it's available on streaming, will be closer to Christmas December in December 20th. 20th. Theatrically, so though. It'll come out, what did I say? November, November 27th. November 27th. Limited. Yeah. Yeah, Limited. That's, that's, on t- that's over a month almost. That's good. Yeah. Sheesh. All right. That's exciting. Uh, question for you. I know we've seen a, a lot together, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want me to name some some randos here and there? Yeah. Uh, throw, throw some out at me. Uh, did you hear anything about History of the Kelly Gang? Uh, only from you that it was too long and you did not like them. I'm going to move on to the next one. The Vigil. Uh, you liked this one, didn't you, for the most part? This was the story of a Jewish man, like full-grown man, who's finally left the traditions, uh, but he needs money. The thing is, though, this man never had an iPhone. That's how strict they were with him. So it really is a horror story with with the metaphor being about this guy leaving yeah. that bondage of his religion. That mm-hmm. said, what happened? It's too loud. So here's the thing. You guys told me that, and, like, I... I trust you. Don't get me wrong. But my inclination, my inclination is always to be like, well, maybe there was something wrong with the theater, you know? Could be. Could be. That's been everybody's response to this movie. (laughs) Every (laughs) single person has been saying the sound mixer fucked this one up. Bro, I don't know what happened. Well, I mean, if it's only if it's only been released in Toronto. They have time to edit it. Yeah, I know. True. But I'm saying like maybe we all saw it 
No, it was different screenings. There's people who weren't critics, as everyone. It was the sound mixer himself came out, fired himself. He was like, I don't know why y'all let me do this. Uh, Other quick ones. Nimic. Were you able to catch this? Yeah, yeah. So this is the new Yorgos Lanthimos short film. You take it. We're, we're, we're fans of Yorgos, I think maybe me a little bit more than mm-hmm. you. And I think this has got a similar uh, thing for him where he he strips people of their kind of emotions and has them just sort of going through life. Uh, it, you know, this is a, it's a small idea. It's a uh, short I, film. It's a short film. Uh, Matt Dillon is in it. But I think it's it's got a really funny idea at the center of it's scary. it. It's It's weird. Yeah. There's one scene... Uh, that involves cuddling yes. that I thought was hysterical. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Literally and, and what I was that, thinking. That to me was something like, that could have been like a deleted scene in The Lobster. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I like it. It pretty much got that tone a bit. I'm going to name some other ones that I'm not sure you were able to catch. Color Out of Space? Nope. Were you able to see Mandy? Uh, no, but uh, okay. I know a lot of people really love Mandy. Fans of Mandy, go see this as a dietary option at the moment. <laughs> it's not going to please you. Uh, I enjoyed it a- a bit more than Mandy. I love the... It's almost like... Imagine Annihilation, the movie Annihilation. Imagine... Uh, what's his name? From Mandy? In Colorado Space? Nicholas Cage? Nicholas Cage. Okay. Nicholas Cage and his family were inside the Annihilation bubble. <laughs> and they had no idea what was going on. That's the movie. Uh, another one... The Lighthouse. Were you able to catch that one? No, I did not catch The Lighthouse. Please, tell me. Uh, all I'll say is this. Uh, if you like Climax, this movie is for you. I have... <laughs> it's you did not like Climax. Twitter, and everything. I know. <laughs> Someone said, I'm so glad The Lighthouse is on is low on your list. If it was... <laughs> now I'm more excited. <laughs> I've created... Did Someone once said, it's, the best thing of a... It's a fruitful, I can't call it a fruitful relationship, but they, we get they it. know you're very consistent. Exactly. So if you don't so like it. And they know they're going <laughs> to love it. And that they said that's all the critics should be, is as mm-hmm. transparent as possible. Get excited. I don't want to watch it ever again. But it's very effective at what it does. The platform got picked up by Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let me double check that. I want to see. Very interesting story. A lot like if you're fans of Cube, The Exam, movies like that, where it all takes place in one, in one area. It's, I'm just going to say, a couple hundred platform floors where you have to stay there in a cell some people are in there by choice some people are not what's the bigger motive i don't know but what i do know is that food comes down and well by the time you're at one of the lower levels they may not get to you but every month you switch a level i'll just leave it at that pretty intriguing Hmm. could be a little bit more in there but it's got such an intriguing premise again another 99 to 1 percent type of thing going on yeah yeah, i think people will be excited for it you're a big riz amid fan aren't you uh, Riz? Which, oh yeah, Riz Ahmed. You, uh, I was very curious about this movie. Sound of Metal. Uh, I compare this one a lot to another Sundance movie, Sound of mm-hmm. Silence, that both deal a lot with uh, sound and stuff. Sound of Metal is really interesting. Maybe it's 130 minutes, maybe a little bit too long for my taste, but it, it, it's wow. effective. It's effective, and I'm very curious very to effective. hear what the uh, deaf community has to say about this movie. The story of a rock star who starts losing his his hearing and he's the drummer but this yeah. is all he knows yeah uh another one as i'm moving on up here you will die at 20 was uh i can't remember what country in africa this was the submission for but this movie won also some stuff at venice or kind if i'm not mistaken you will die at 20 is the story of this baby who's born in this town where the, one of the religious people ends up saying he's gonna die at 20 and everyone casts him out because they truly believe he is and it's just hmm. a countdown on his life uh, yeah, that it, one had one of the more intriguing titles of uh, really Tiff. Really intriguing. 
Black Conflux is the story of a serial killer and whether he does it or not, I'm gonna just leave it at that. Sun Mother, were you able to catch it? Yes, yes, so maybe okay, let's we'll start a... We'll save that one. I just okay. got two more, two more. Weathering with you. I got to mention this or else they're going right. to kill us. Right, have some comments I have to about this, this one, or else too. Kill us. This you is all... the director of Your Name, I believe. Yes. My man has security. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we went to South By, where Frodo just walks around like nothing. Elijah Wood? I was in line with Tobey Maguire. This man had security. Makoto Shinkai. They were not letting anyone <laughs> touch this man. He is gold. Um... Again, it's not going to be better than your name. Everyone who came out of it said it's not better than your name, but uh, you're going to like the character of Senpai. I'll give you that one right there. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, if I'm not, No, we saw everything else together. Okay, All go right, from it. So, we saw everything else together. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, let's start off with one movie that I know you didn't see at uh, TIFF, but you saw at Sundance. Go I finally it. got to catch it at TIFF. Did you like uh, it? The reports. Mm-hmm. I I did like this one. Uh, okay. This is directed by Scott Z. Burns, the guy who does a lot of this, of Steven Soderbergh's scripts. Uh, he did the script for the Bourne Ultimatum and stuff. And this is a movie about the torture reports, the CIA's post uh, 9/11 uh, investigation uh, investigation into the detention and interrogation program, yep. uh, and it's it stars Adam Driver as this. Uh, this staffer who digs deep in and in, in relentlessly looks for more and more information mm-hmm. that people kind of don't want him to find. Uh, but he's, he remains committed to it. And I, you know, the movie itself I think is a little skimp on uh, character elements. You know, I, I can't really tell you much about Daniel Jones as Where a person, the guy that, <laughs> that, uh, the guy that uh, Adam driver plays, but you know, there are movies like this that I do find useful in a weird way in that it's almost like an explainer video uh but as a movie as a movie you know there's a lot of exposition but it doesn't necessarily feel so expositiony because it's people informing other people what happened uh and and it's about interesting things so you know does it is it a particularly brilliantly crafted movie i don't know about that i think some of the uh ways that it jumps through time was interesting but as a as a summation of a really interesting set of real world events, I found it to be a totally a totally a, a totally engaging yeah. watch. I mm-hmm. found it to go by quickly, and that I I felt like I gained something from the experience of it. And I think a lot of that comes down to a really great Adam Driver performance in the lead role. What do you think of it? The report. Mm-hmm. I always like when they do investigative things. That's always Much bigger that's, that's 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 my type of film that I like. I mean, I grew mm-hmm. up watching movies with my dad. He would watch his cop movies. I was always right there next with him. And, I mean, it's always been... I like when people investigate. They find something else new. You know, they, they follow that lead. Leads nowhere. You know, you're stuck because of bureaucratic reasons. And you just keep going. Comparing it to Zero Dark Thirty, though. Because I think that's been one of the biggest things. And I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, they do I'm, take a little in, bit of a swipe at Zero Dark Thirty in the movie. I was going to say, I was like, is this a movie Dude, that does the swipe? Yeah, this is the one okay. that does the swipe. And that was a big conversation with it because they're covering kind of similar things. They just straight up call it out. I don't even know how you get the yeah. rights to show the trailer. But, like, <laughs> they just call it out completely. Do you see it as a... Because that's the other thing. Like you said, it's a perfect Wikipedia almost summation of it. But as a movie, you have artistic choices. You have bias, mm-hmm. bias, biases. You have a bias, bias. Yeah. Lot, and that's the swipe that it takes here. Is that Zero Dark Thirty was trying too hard to be a very biased perspective of this, 
Here's mm-hmm. how it goes. Because you're right. And Driver has no charisma in this movie. I am mm-hmm. here to solve this thing and I'm going to report what I need to report. There is, and I can't remember this line. It would be in our Sundance notes where someone asks him something and he's like, is that what you want to do? That's what I told you a minute ago that I'm going to do and that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> he like did something where he just told him. He's like, "That I don't care. Is this the right thing to do? That's what I'm going to do. He's like, but do you know what yeah. that means to you? I just said that my job is to do the correct thing. Yeah, he, he's he's kind of like a robotic investigator. Yes, uh, very. I, I like you know all credit to Adam Driver for making the guy interesting. Like I I wanted to see him do more we, stuff. Yeah, but we know that the real. I people think that's in through Adam movies. Driver's delivery and not through the writing. Exactly. This is a movie that's going to be coming out. Uh, on Amazon Prime right away. Yeah, Yeah, in theaters November 15th or wait a week and a half, two weeks, and it's November 29th on Prime. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting movie to... Again, it's better to have it there because it's so much easier to be like, what happened at the... Let's go Amazon Prime. Gives you the... Yeah. Right. Um, Another movie that I know we both saw, we alluded to to it earlier because it was chosen as France's submission to the Oscars instead of Portrait of a Lady Lady on on Fire. Fire. Let's talk yes. Les Miserables, and no, it's not the musical. Man, dude, I keep getting people telling me, Les Miserables, there's another they one? Remade, remade, <laughs> someone said, someone said that uh, broad, the Broadway community is against this movie because it's stripping a name. I was like, take it easy, take it easy. I'm still kind of curious why I picked that name, because um, there's been so, well, so many, you know? I mean, it quotes well, the play. Um, yeah, it, it, it takes place where the the guy who wrote the Les Mis book was from. Okay. Uh, and it opens on a, it opens and I believe closes on a quote on from a quote, him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, I don't know, Zach, we talked about this before. He, his short was of the same name yes. with mm-hmm. the same actors that he has in the full feature. I'm just surprised that the producers decided, I mean, it worked, you know, they did the flight over and they worked got it, it to be the submission. So it works. It. Uh, and the more that we discuss it, obviously we like portrait more, but this you know, Celine said she wasn't going to do an Oscar run. Let the art live and speak for itself. Well, we'll be talking about that movie forever. But it's one of those things where it's like, I cannot hate on this movie because this movie was mm-hmm. also really good. How did you describe it? Uh, a do the right thing was my stupid little exactly. Twitter joke. Because it's it's very similar to uh, the, the kind of Lahane. way that Spike Lee depicts the racial yep. tensions in Do the Right Thing. But it's it's a little bit more than just like black versus white versus Asian or whatever. It's the new one. Yeah, oh, it's I can't got, spoil it. There's elements of class. There's elements of you know uh, people who have taken advantage it's of an manipulating. Angry movie. Yeah, it, it's I, it's a really it's it's youth versus adults too. There I, you there's go. A lot. Thank you. Hey, don't yes. take this away from me, Zach. Pass the baton over here. So this <laughs> movie is Lahaine meets Training Day. This is a movie where it goes. Yeah, there's the left, there's the right. What else did you guys come up with? Red and blue. There's there's conservative. There's liberal. yeah. Then there's also the youth that doesn't give a Damn. Right, And that was also an interesting thing with other stuff that we noted while we were watching some screenings of Sundance and disconnects with an upcoming movie that has an incredible playlist that we realized only hits if you grew up with these songs. And you Mm. start seeing that disconnect. And this movie is one of the very first that I've seen that really gets... It gets the internet and it doesn't even show the internet. Mm -hmm. It gets the Mm -hmm. internet and it doesn't even mention the internet from what I know. A a little bit with Insta. You see uh, the police they have adapted in using social, social media, media because of whatever they're right. investigating they're like well some kid's gonna be dumb enough to post, post about it, it. like yeah. that's the era we're in it's like you just gotta like why do i have to leave my car when you're just gonna flaunt about it and i just can look it up yeah. and they do it, it's it's very interesting but in there is the third act yes where they have a character 
that that's who a lot of kids are gonna. Mm-hmm. Bro, I, they ended on a. They ended on a. They ended on a something. Okay, I would have preferred like another. It. I kind of like it too. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It, it gets the point across though, which is that yeah. hey, old timers, this new generation does not care. What was that? What was that girl saying? And I don't know her name, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. The environmentalist who was saying, "Well, isn't your mom not going to be able to travel as much?" She was on like the Trevor right Noah here, or something. Right here, Greta Thunberg. She just put this girl. Literally, was on the front page. She just posted up Twitter. Yeah. What's her name? Greta Thunberg. Dude, she is all right, over the, the place to the degree activist. that this girl literally said, uh, "Well, your mom can't travel with your idea of not using planes. She'll survive." And. Yeah, yeah, she's like, well, she said, I don't care. And everyone took it, <laughs> took it like the wrong way. But she's like, she's yeah, she G. found something else. She found, I believe, Broadway or something, or that something else that her mom can do. And she adapted. You but know, her face still- was literally like, did you not just hear that we will die? My mom's Broadway career doesn't matter if we die. Right, right. It's that new generation that's going, you older people. What were y'all too busy? That's this movie. It's this new generation way of thinking that, you know, I, I sometimes, when we talk to our younger, like younger, younger friends, still in high school friends, they're not really talking about like black and white. It depends still where you're at, you know, right, but like right. you're from New York, we're from Illinois. And a lot of them is like, this still happening, you know? Right. Yeah. Like I think the Parkland kids and stuff and they, they're at a point where they don't care what side you're on. They're looking at if you're doing something or if you're not. Yeah. Totally. And that's what happens at the end of this movie. It's angry. It's if you're not with it's, me, you're against me. It's worth the submission, even though we prefer portrait, but it, it's worthy of it. Yeah. And it's I very think, timely. you know, to get back to that idea of the submission, I think that might ultimately be part of why it was chosen. Uh, you know, I, I'm saying, I'm saying this having not seen Portrait of a Lady on Fire, so mm-hmm. obviously I don't have that knowledge, but you guys do, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. Les Miserables feels like a movie that's talking about the moment. It feels like a movie that. Uh, it is really about France right now. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about a film that's not just going up for an award, but going up to represent the country of France. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's ultimately maybe why it's, it's a, this it's was a chosen choice. despite all the positive praise that yeah. Portrait of a Lady on Fire has mm-hmm. gotten. You know, this has also been very uh, well received and it, it might good. just be a little bit more like a, about something that everybody deals with. The other thing about this one is that America can relate a lot to it with everything that's going on as well. And that's not to do the right thing is because it felt so familiar. Again, I've never been to France. I was like, we see that all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All the time. Uh, Portrait though does have a lot. The running scene on the beach dealing with the maid. If you've seen the movie, when you see the movie, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Georgia. <laughs> there's there's some there's some stuff in Portrait that just because it takes place uh, in the past, seventeen. That's the point. That's the point it's making is that it, mm. the fact that that's still going on now that's a problem. Mm. Um, but dude, I don't know if you have anything else to add to this movie. I no, said- let's move on to Sun Mother. <laughs> um, so this is a movie that, what, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a movie that's kind of divided into two parts. It's a pretty interesting premise uh, where there's this. Uh, single mother in yeah. uh, there in Iran, right? I believe so. It's in the Middle East. And she yeah. has a baby daughter yes, and she Iran. has a son. But she has no money yes. coming in. It is in Iran and she's a widow. Mm-hmm. And because of that, what ends up happening is that she needs to get married in order to be able to have enough to provide for her sick baby daughter, infant daughter. But because but, of that, 
uh, the father potential or potential husband rather uh, is not allowed, but for whatever reasons, to bring the son into the house as yeah. well. Because so he essentially, has a the mother has to abandon the son in order to secure a future. Uh, and it becomes this really interesting yeah. thing because it's separated into two stories, the one of the mothers and the one of the sons. Yes. Uh, and they kind of inform each other, but they are largely absent from each mm-hmm. other. You know, even though uh, the son is present for the mother's story, she, he's not Isn't actively yeah. affecting it. And when it's yeah. his turn, she gone. Mm-hmm. One of the most so for me, for me, I found the stuff with the sun to be much more affecting. How did I pitch um, it to you? I pitched it to you with the sun's perspective. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which you know, maybe that's just because uh, I don't know. It, it, I don't, well, I don't I even know the why. Way I that I, the way that I pitched it to you was the the fact that she needs to get rid of the son for a certain period of mm-hmm. time until the daughter grows up, until the, the the husband's daughter grows up and goes. And so they need to put him in a school. And certain things happen in order to yeah. find a school. Maybe it's that his story is a little bit more... Deaf. Sorry. Maybe it's that his story is a little more relatable, being that, that you know, we, we I, I think we can relate more with the idea of uh, wanting a mother around mm-hmm. than... Wanting to get rid of a son, yeah, um, but, and it's not that she but, wants to get rid of the son. Yes, you're, if not the daughter, she's not gonna have enough to provide for the daughter. So it's an interesting dynamic that needs to go. But the son is so intriguing because he has to pretend to be deaf, because yep. the only place to put him is a deaf school, and mm-hmm. he can hear everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, which I'm not gonna say another pre- thing. I'm not gonna say another thing. But there's another yeah. aspect to it about people. Yeah, there's a lot of di- the, that dynamic is used really well. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there's. I think it was just maybe more cinematic, cinematically compelling to me. Yes. Although the mother's story is also interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just I could have probably done a whole movie about just the son. Easily. What else? We got? Uh, let me. What did you think about Antigone? Ooh, he's on my Antigone. Okay, so Antigone is a French-Canadian film that uh, every single time I was asking someone for tickets or advice on this movie, <laughs> everyone told me, ah, yes, I've read the French. I've read the uh, the Socrates. Yeah, and I was like, cool. Can I get uh, tickets available, though? <laughs> this movie is a modern adaptation of that Socrates play called Antigone. It's a tragedy. Oh, my goodness, is it a tragedy. And it has been updated to a modern time where these refugees have gone into Canada to go live in Quebec. Mon- which, Montreal. Montreal, which, wow. I've not been to Montreal, but dang, between Toronto and Montreal, they really just speak a lot, mostly French over there. And you have mm. these characters, this family who goes by those names. Uh, Antigone is the name of the main character, the girl, and she has a brother, uh, two brothers technically, and an altercation happens with the police. It's not a spoiler, right? Her idea of what she wants to do? She wants to sacrifice everything for her family, and since her and her brother look a little bit alike, well, before he gets deported because he gets caught doing something, mm. I want to do the switcheroo so he can be free. And he goes, and it becomes this whole movement. One of the best things that the movie does, she noticed the colors of red uh, always being on her because then that becomes a huge push when they do the sort of Banksy. I, I, type. I thought the way they covered social media was interesting because it's not one mm-hmm. specific thing. So it's just edit. an edit, but the edit very much evokes Snapchat, Instagram, right. and Twitter moments. Yeah. Without ever showing any of those symbols, 
there's like an intimacy to a lot of it in the, that yes. you get like really up close and personal into a, a lot of their decisions and mm-hmm. what they're what they're thinking what they're watching what i i, I found it, it's very emotion like the way that it depicts the emotion of these mm-hmm. these characters is really really interesting yeah the mm-hmm. final court scene she has to stare at him, and oh yeah. man, it, it really is Lemez, uh, the third act. That same anger from the third act, it's here. You see it in the courtroom. They act a little bit more goofier with the ringtones and stuff. But uh, <laughs> I don't know if you want to add anything to the movie. To me, it was. I think it's a really good movie, with some stuff like the sw- when the switcheroo happens, it's goofy. When the switcheroo happens, <laughs> I was least- laughing. At least the switcheroo didn't last like, oh, it's been a few days and like no one noticed. Like, yeah, so, yeah. That's At so least raving. it was like yeah. instantaneous because I was like, there were moments yeah. like that that took me out a bit. Yeah, uh, it takes you off for a bit, but then they they find a way to bring you back in pretty quickly. Yes, uh, and overall, I I did very much enjoy it. I think it's it's de- I don't know if it's gonna get a theatrical run or anything like that with all the foreign films that are coming out. But if some yeah, if know. someone can pick this French, up for Canadian. yeah a streaming release. That'd be really cool. I think it, I think it was a pretty good adaptation. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we got two left, and they are our and pretty big are. ones. We saw them at the same uh, exact theater, same exact seats. I know this <sighs> one for sure. Right underneath it, baby. Oh, okay. Let's go. Which one do you want to yes. talk about first? Yes. Unless you want to pick. Oh, yes. uh, you got them. I don't no, know. No, so let's like pick, 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 pick. <laughs> <laughs> let's start with the wave. All right, let's get it started. Waves. Zach, uh, let's grab it. So this is this is a boy, our boy, Trey Edward Schultz, uh, Trey Edward Schultz, as well as our other boy, Kelvin Harrison Jr., having a great year between Loose this and himself. Loose. Oh my goodness! Since last year, my man's been carrying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is—it's a hard movie to describe, really, because there's kind of four or five movies packed into waves. Easily, yes. uh, but it, it's kind of about the intense emotions of being a teenager and the the unknowability of what's going to come next when uh you're just discovering all these things about life and love and relationships and it's so compellingly acted uh by this cast that the emotion is just the most present thing that I found throughout this movie, I, I just was, I found myself deeply empathizing with every character in this film because I had a full understanding of not only where they came from, but, but what they were bringing into a situation, what they were keeping secret from a situation. Mm-hmm. It, it's just such a well-rounded movie uh, in terms of the way it depicts the different situations these people find themselves in. I, I thought it was one of the best dramas I've seen in quite some time. Wow. And it, and it's just about so much that I, you know, it's, it's almost like boyhood in a way to me in that it's like, it's so expansive that it's like, this is just a movie about life. Interesting. I, yeah, you haven't mentioned that one yet. That's a pretty good, I compared it to Place Beyond the Pines. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I agree with you. You can find four or five movies. I see two distinct movies in Waves. Waves Part 1, Waves Part 2. Very yes. clear. And a big part is, what did you keep tapping me after you heard every single one? That soundtrack, <laughs> the soundtrack. is insane. <sighs> the first half of the soundtrack has to do with the brother, Kelvin Harrison, uh, and what he listens to. And oh boy, is it just... Name some. Name, I, I don't think Kendrick he's just... Kendrick Lamar, this is this is what got Freestyle, it. Kanye West, Life I Am a God, in the bag. Tyler the Creator, I Fucking yeah. Hate You. Insane. Just bangers. Uh, and then the second half, 
still it's a little more fun. ethereal. Still could be found on our iPhone playlist. <laughs> yeah, but it's different. But it's now also we have more Animal Collective. It's a little more Radiohead. You get into some uh, Chance the Rapper. Mm-hmm. It's a nice little distinct split between the Pain two. If a character doesn't need to be shown, we won't show him. It doesn't matter how big he is. He's just going to be on the side. Yep. I, sometimes I was worried they weren't going to show some characters. It's a very interesting movie in the sense of we said ways. We, I remember we were talking about it and at the end of our discussion of talking about like Place Beyond the Pines and how it's a father and the father may not be there for the next cycle but that that it, he's still that son is carrying whatever his father the weight of his father and it's this it, it, and you're like waves mm-hmm. it's it's these waves and then we talk the about something effects. that i do not yeah. want to mention that you also compared to waves but you had said that you could see every i couldn't i couldn't see every single perspective until i said a specific line in the second half of the movie that made me go damn you trey edward schultz now i need to see this movie again <laughs> Because it changes every scene at the at the beginning, yep. and then you go, yeah, just like waves. I won't say why he said waves, but he's the specific reveal that the sister gives adds a, a fourth meaning to the title waves, and then there are <laughs> literal waves because yeah. you know a twenty four like shooting. <laughs> I told you guys this before, but uh, it, while we were sitting there, I, I wrote a note to, to myself in the notepad. Like, mm-hmm. I have no idea where this movie is going, but I am here and I, I'm with it the whole yeah. way. I, I, it just grabbed me and I wanted to go on the journey with it. Yeah. It's an experimental Aline, what, film. what did you think about Waves? Uh, I loved it. I did also notice the two distinctions of the movies. I did just think of it as two as far as the brother and then the sister. Yeah, um, yeah. But, I, I mean, I even looked at him. I'm like... How much longer? I'm like she thought it was gonna end. I'm like I thought it was gonna end at some point, and it's like no, it just kept going. Yeah. I'm like these are two movies. movies. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but it, again, like you said, we're here, we're watching it, you're you're in it, you know, and it, it, it was fantastic. It was 135 great. minutes, so it definitely feels you're reaching the 90 minute mark when you think it's gonna end. Yeah, yeah. I think that's and yeah. you go, is he really gonna end it here? And then it goes to something else, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is the epilogue. It's not an epilogue. Yeah, I mean, it, no? That's actually it's another the, movie. It is, without without getting too much into spoilers, it is kind of the brilliant thing about the movie in that a lot of films would choose to end in the moment that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a movie that wants to see the consequences, wants to see the waves of the action, you know, wants to, wants to He's good. feel the full impact. And I, I think it's... it's the it's taking a smaller story and then playing it out to the full conclusion, you know? Got to give a little shout out to the production designer because the she colors knows. in this mm-hmm. movie were fantastic, you know? They yeah. hint at the the color scheme with the brother and then what that amounts to later on. And it's just like it was there the whole time whole time there's a specific colorway that she noticed like 20 minutes in in his room when it came to the uh, blinds yeah and it was four specific colors and depending on where you're moving in the spectrum of waves one of the four colors starts overshadowing another until the climax and then it starts going the opposite way until the other opposite colored bro what the fan i just oh my goodness i can't spoil yeah i just realized how that also relates to the environments that they're in so yeah from the production dude so the cinematography what i was saying is it's very experimental Mm -hmm. and we were just what what movie did we just see the behind the scenes to with the camera in the car oh yeah children of men because mm-hmm. I wanted to see the how they did how they the did it. the rotation yeah. of certain scenes, and I don't know how they did it for this one, but we know they the whole contraption. A lot of the movie is shot like that; it's continuous mm-hmm. shots, and they're just going at it. 
Yeah, the the camera is very hypnotizing Fluid. in this movie. The way that it yeah. moves, it moves with characters. I I want to point out specifically in some of the wrestling scenes, the way that uh, as he gets as his body gets hit, the camera moves with the body. WWE yes. style, yeah. Yes, we said that. Uh, <laughs> Trey Trey is a filmmaker who does a lot of really interesting things just uh, filmically whether it's like film format or it's uh, the camera movements Uh we also like that when that happened you hit me you're like (laughs) I know you're a fan of this and I was like no one told me it was going to do that (laughs) it's he, he's a guy who's using all the tools available to him as a filmmaker to, to play with your emotions and to tell the story mm-hmm. he's trying to tell. So it, I was really blown away by the movie. Uh, it's a lot of movie. It's, That's the thing. Can we talk about how, like, I feel like a lot of people are not going to like this. I feel like a lot of people yes. are, oh, so say It say makes sense. So production designer for this is Elliot Hostetter. Hostetter. I hope I pronounced mm-hmm. that correctly. Did Neon, The Neon Demon. It makes so much more sense. The Neon that Demon has a whole story sense. happening on the production. Yeah. Uh, but as you were saying, it's a lot. And this is the specific movie I was talking about when we were mentioning the third act of, of Les Mis. If you are not, if you don't listen to this music, maybe it's not for you. That was something our, our good friend Carson Runquist said. He's like, I realized that I was looking around. If you don't bump to this music, maybe like this us. isn't. Yeah, maybe this isn't for you. Yeah. And you had noticed it with another screening where we didn't get a song, but. The older critics... Yeah, they knew the lyrics and kind of where the song was going to go. They got the vibe before we did. So Yeah, mm-hmm. so they knew the direction and they started laughing before we even knew what was but going on. But the difference on. is, is this doesn't... We had this kind of discussion. Is it condemning the music or yeah, not? I, I don't and, feel that way about it, right. but I, I see the argument for it. Mm-hmm. Can you see how if you aren't for the music... You then condemn it, and, yeah. and oh, yeah, like totally. if you already don't listen to it, you're like, okay, well, this is. And I felt that that might be a really big disconnect. But the begin whole beginning of the movie, I was literally looking over at her, and I said a specific friend's name, and we we're like, this is his story until, until, yeah. But until that point, I'm yeah. like, I, I know it's, this it's kid. It's the 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 quick shifts that this movie does take that I think yes. will also make it not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if everybody. It, it is kind of that. kind that of I ready for that. a movie that become, begins as one genre and then becomes three other genres before it ends. Yeah. Why not? He even said, yeah. "I don't know exactly. why they gave us money for this movie." <laughs> and then was one of the uh, and I, I don't know if my last thing to say here is someone said, "How much more of this movie is there?" He went, "A lot." Oh yeah, the yeah. girl even said, "We filmed, we filmed a, lot a lot that didn't even yeah. make it in." A lot. Something that uh, might appeal to more people, but is also a tough time, a tough hang, yes, just as exhausting. Some people are already mad. Cut gems, baby. All right, we haven't really talked about this much. This was our final movie festival of the year. Uh, (laughs) What? Parasite portrait uncut of the year. That's how it is. That's not my tiff. That's my of the year. For me, right now, I got a uncut and. Farewell, battling it out for that We're one gonna, spot. That high? I really love You've the farewell. You've had farewells in Sundance. You did. Yeah. I remember. We, we well, I'm not. Together. I'm not saying like what farewells up there. I know farewells up there. I'm surprised Uncut is getting in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it for you? Do you know the second time I saw Uncut really cemented a lot of things for me because this I, is the one you saw twice. I, I thought I was gonna enjoy Waves more, but then I sat there and like, wow, every scene in this Same movie scene. is great. 
Yes. Every single thing that happens in this movie is entertaining. Uh, the cast is unbelievable. I, I, you know, I don't know if we're going to spoil some of the faces who show up in this movie, but they're it's all going to be in the trailer. Uh, and I, I feel by the time we get this one up, it'll be very close to the trailer. So it's trailer like tomorrow. It. With oh, is it tomorrow? It is tomorrow. Yeah. Explain everything. <laughs> uh, this is a movie that has a plot line involving Kevin Dur- G- Kevin Garnett, Garnett playing in the 2012 NBA Finals, yep. and it's like Kevin a very major part of this movie. Why is he so good in this movie? It's Kevin Garnett the, has no business being this good in this movie. It's maybe the best extended cameo performance I've ever seen. Yeah. It's a role. At first, you're like, yeah. there's a cameo. And then we go, it's yeah. a role. When he told me, no, he's like, like, there's a certain cameo. And I'm like, well, a cameo is kind of like a high buy. Like, not even a singer who, and I will spoil because they were at the TIFF event. Mm-hmm. Um, he yeah. doesn't go by the weekend anymore. He goes by fin de semana with that <laughs> mustache he brought to TIFF. But even him, the mm-hmm. Safdie brothers said, I know Tarantino's leaving. We got this. Yep. <laughs> That's been my thing, and I will stand by it. The Safdie brothers have come. There was, I hate that we go, oh. Jordan Peele's not the new Hitchcock. They're nowhere like... We, we know that. We know that. Right, that right. The height of where he was in horror, mm-hmm. that's where our boy is right now. Where Tarantino was as being that golden indie boy, mm-hmm. those are the Safdie brothers. They're not going to be similar movies, but Tarantino's run is ending so the Safdie brothers can fly. Yeah, so this is a movie that stars Adam Sandler as a New York City diamond uh, seller, dealer, mm-hmm. uh, but yep. he's also a guy who is a habitual gambler and, it, and has uh, debts and problem. And, and bets <laughs> placed all over town. So this is a movie that's just, it hits the pavement. It's a ground and pound movie. It's on the move constantly. Always. Whether that all Whether it's uh, going from one location to another or it's just like the five different conversations That's happening around him at me. once. Yes. Both way, the one, these are, Waves and Uncut Gems are very different movies. One thing they both have in common that I think was great is they're both like, they're these cacophonies of sound. They never Mm -hmm. let you, they never give your ears a break. And in, in Waves, it's more like you get the highs of the music and then the tension of the arguments. Mm -hmm. With Uncut Gems, it's just, I can't hear because you're all nagging me. Mm -hmm. And why why is my back muscles uh, tightening up right now? I felt that whole, you know me, I don't shut up. So when there's five conversations going on at once, I'm listening to all four. She sees me when I'm listening to an interview, watching a TV episode on Twitter, listening to a song. She's like, what, can you... Yeah, I'm Turn like, at least two of them I'm off. I'm like, you play at least two? I'm like, you can't have all five. And I play them in what, like fast motion too? Yeah, and she's like, how two. are you grasping everything? And I was like, uh-uh. This movie has five conversations going on at once in a very Fincher-esque thing. If you are inside of a club, yell. Because the music would be as loud. Yep. Well, what happens when you're in a little diamond store? If they're talking behind the counter and you're talking here, why wouldn't you still be able to hear them in the background? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's just a little muffled. This is a movie you can rewatch multiple times and just pick who you want to listen to. And I think everyone is. This isn't like The Lighthouse where someone said, can we have subtitles And when it comes out to I mean, theaters? But this one is like, I don't even know how you would put the subtitles. The mm-hmm. main combo and then the side combo up here. I'm, I yeah. love that so much. When he told mm-hmm. me, he's like, this movie is... So much is happening. I was like, this sounds crazy. It does not let up. Do you see the Twitter post of the guy complaining? No. He was so disgusted. That? 
the movie heard him. He said there was too much going on. It's a viral post. I'll send it to you guys afterwards so you can see it. Yeah. He was so mad. He was furious with the movie. Yeah, I mean, I could see some people going into this movie being like, I couldn't hear the plot. Loved it. But for me, that wasn't an issue at all. You know, like it's it, it adds to that anxious energy and that that constant movement and, and that propelling nature to the story. You know, you feel Sandler kind of spinning out and getting into yep. this place where he, he's got his back against the wall. But you see all the steps that led him there and mm-hmm. you maybe you don't agree with every one of his choices, but you you see how it happened. Exactly. Uh, and it's just such a it's got such an energy to it that I was really completely swept away by. It's very funny. Uh, not funny the way that most Adam Sandler movies are funny, but funny no, in kind of like a, a dirty, you need to uh, explain mean that. way. Yeah, because we still got some people so, who go Sandler films. Ah, yeah. I'm going to skip that. Can you please give them down that there's two Sandlers? Can you let right, people know like there's, there's two Sandlers? There's the shabbity do Sandler that <laughs> mm-hmm. with the Happy, Happy Madison movies yeah. and Grown Ups and whatever. And, that and Netflix then there's deal. Adam Sandler, the actor. Yeah. And, you know, Hit him with one it. of my favorite movies of all time is Punch Drunk Love. Mm-hmm. This is an echo of Punch Punch Drunk Love. This is the this is the like angry version of Punch Drunk Love. He even wears a blue suit towards the end he of the does. movie. I don't know if you caught that. <laughs> I, yes, I did. Uh, I again, even what was he? Merowitz stories. Sandler has a bunch of really good movies where he's a great actor. It's mm-hmm. just people get swept up in yeah. that. No, know that this is one of the good ones. Zach and I always go. Is this the one of this year? No. Okay, isn't it? <laughs> we always go because we know he. We know he has it in him. They overworked yeah. this man. They overworked uh, this man. It, 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 I forgive him for, for, for the murder party mystery one. Vacation. Um, uh, yeah, all those vacations he takes and he calls it a Netflix movie. That's fine. Take another one of those. Thank you for Uncut Gems. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's the kind of it, it, it's a movie that makes you wish he did these kinds of roles more than once every five years. Yes, you know? yes absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, as I was going into the movie, you're like, yo, so-and-so plays himself here, or there's this person that you wouldn't even... He's, a, he's an announcer in New York. Oh, Why yes, would he be yes. playing Mike Sessa. Yes. People don't need to know anything about the NBA, Kevin Garnett, no. or The Weeknd, to enjoy this movie. There I was even attest. some... There was a, yeah, she didn't know it. And then there was some stuff that you didn't catch on where I was like, dude, that's definitely Yes Jules. I just said mm-hmm. the name Yes Jules. You either know her or you don't. If you don't know her and you search her up, if you have a significant other, be careful. Uh, that was one of the characters. That, and I even told you, I said, what's her name again? I said, Jules. I was like. Julia Fox. You're literally making fun of Yes Jules. They're so engraved into the culture. The Safdie brothers are on another level, man. Yeah, th- that's, that's the thing that is really... Uh, I think stands out about this movie is it does have this read on the culture. You know, there's a moment in the movie where uh, Kevin Garnett gets something and exchange it, exchanges it for agreeing to post a photo in (laughs) Howie's store on Instagram, which is like, that's the kind of thing that happens so much in modern life, but it's never depicted in the movies. We don't see what Kevin Garnett looks like when he walks in and everyone's going, Oh my gosh, big fan. But like, I love you, Kevin. I just, I can't give it to you. No, I am a big fan, Kevin. Yeah. I am a big fan. <laughs> All of that to boil up to that crazy finale. Yeah, that and like, that finale what, what is so good. What sets it up, though, the, 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 the decision to mm-hmm. set it up when, when, oh, everyone just went. Collectively, there was, uh, what comes out? CO2? I think I had. So much CO2 yeah. after yeah. the decision is made. There's two moments. She got so mad. She There's was like, two what moments. the? <laughs> There's two. The first one would be bets mm-hmm. and how those transpire. Mm-hmm. And the second one would be kind of bets. 
I know what how it is. they're made. Dealing, yeah, and how with, they're made. And how they're made. Yeah, without spoiling anything. Without here. spoiling anything else. Yeah, it's yeah. very. You get a reaction. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I know. That's exactly what you're gonna get. You get a reaction yes. when characters do certain things. Yeah, I, this is not going to be a movie that people sit down and we're like, I was just bored. Like you're, no, you're, you're no. either going to like it or you're going to hate it. No. Yeah, you might also, hate it and hate everyone in it. There, I don't. It think, was awesome. I mean, you, Zach, since you've seen it twice, technically, do you feel like there's any moment where you can go to the bathroom and come back and feel like you didn't miss anything? Because I feel like absolutely not. I saw it like I said for a second time and the yeah. second time I decided to go to the bathroom and I came back and I still felt like I was lost <laughs> even though I saw it before it, it's just it, he it's said so... where are we I said you've seen this <laughs> I said I don't know where we're at if I try to catch you up I'm gonna fall behind yep. Yep. I, I think this is something that you see in the Safdie Brothers films where it, Every action has a reaction, and and that works very much in driving the plot forward in in that, you know, all these decisions kind of fall into one another, and, you know, you don't, it's hard to, it's hard to realize how we got to the end when we get there, but the progress there was seamless. Mm -hmm. I said the exact same thing. I heard people complain about the ending. I said, it's, there is no other ending. There is No. no other ending. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, if I'm comparing it to Tarantino, I think it's very pulp, uh, pulp Fiction-esque. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people compare their work to Scorsese because it's got that kind of energy it, and, and it's produced, on the streets yeah. in New York a lot of the time. Scorsese is a producer on the movie, so that makes sense too. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's got elements of that stuff, but it's got a little bit of their own thing too. If you've seen Good Time, it's sure. definitely got some similarities to that, although though, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm putting this one above Good Time. Damn, same. I've said it with okay. no problem whatsoever. Uh, and people keep telling me, well, rewatch Good Time. And I said, <laughs> watch Uncut. <laughs> right. I was like, you haven't seen Uncut yet. I don't know what else to tell yeah. you. Uh, yeah, great movie. My last little thing here with it is, do you feel that uh, Safety Brothers are the kids? It was a one little slight thing, and I just want to mention it out there before right. people pick it up. Because I saw somebody else try, someone who was mad at it called this out, and I went, ah, so even the people mad at it also caught something that we did. Are they, are they, do they kind of, see, is this kind of semi-auto, I don't want to, I don't want to put words into because I. Semi-autobiographical. Yeah. It is supposed to be based on someone they know. I d- yes, think it might be an it. uncle or a that's friend. That's all I'll put it at, yeah. Because there's a certain scene involving the kids who, again, a beautiful gotcha. way of showing how disconnected he is okay, with his kids. I, I went at one point and I went, he has a daughter. It's like, I'm, the movie's almost mm-hmm. over, did you? <laughs> yeah, there, there's a point where I was just like, this feels a little close to them. Especially when, like you said. We don't need to know anything about the playoffs. How the hell did they get the express written consent of the NBA? <laughs> and they show you the game. Mm-hmm. They show you the game. If you're a sports fan, this is for you. If if you love dialogue in movies, times five in this. If yeah. you're ready to catch one of the most... Zach, give me some words here. Some of the most <laughs> anxious and... Do, uh, like, just... It's it, tense. It, t- tense. Yeah, tense. It builds your uncomfortable. Tension. Your your blood pressure is going to be up the entire yeah. time. Eat Cheerios oh, yeah. before you go in. Like, I don't know how else <laughs> to tell you this. People came out like sweating. They were like, "Dude, yeah. what?" Again, a very similar reaction to Wave. Very unrelenting. Yes, unrelenting is a great word for it. So yeah, uh, we're definitely going to talk more yep. about uncut gems about All waves about things, a lot of these movies as we continue. But you know, these were the ones that stood the out tip. to us. 
uh, for this year's Toronto International Film wow. Festival. We had to go long. A lot of great it, stuff. Yeah. Because, again, we're years when we go back and we go, oh, we missed. No, it's better to talk about everything. You know, we'll, we'll be mentioning stuff with the podcast. We also have the Let Me Explain video coming up. Yep. This is the – we wanted to make sure we covered every single thing and hopefully – Hopefully, new movies are on your radar. That's the that's the most beautiful thing about the International Film Festival. They have the big presentations, but within there, you get the Sun Mother. Mm-hmm. Within there, you get I'd say Antigone. Waves is still big, but you get Antigone. You get La Belle Époque. You know, there's so many of those those hidden gems that you wouldn't have seen otherwise, uh, and many that we still miss. And we're hoping to get. You're catching a bunch in New York. We're catching a bunch in Chicago. So, uh, Letterbox, Twitter, all those things yep. that you'll be able to follow us on. But very exciting. I think we were able to cover a lot. Yeah, so uh, that's all for this edition of Let Us Explain. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd, at ZShevich. That's Z-S-H-E, V as in V Ferrari, I-C-H. And check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash multiplex show. Art, Alina, where can people find more from the two of you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Montemayor Alina. That's M-O-N-T-E-M-A-Y-O-R Alina, A-L-I-N-A. Um, from there, you can find my Instagram and my letterbox, which I do sprinkle in some other movies that both of you didn't catch, mainly shorts, which are yeah, definitely... She did us this year. She I, did. I, I mean, did. She has her own. She even told me, she was like, you think I can make a, a best shorts of the year? I was like, yeah. okay, go for so, it. I mean, go for it. I have, I have more sprinkled in there. If you wanted to look at the letterbox, it'll all be on Twitter. I had so. a video on Let Me Explain coming out soon for some of the shorts. Oh, man. Well, I guess we'll talk about it on the podcast. We missed yeah. one yeah. thing. You can find me at the A to Z show. <laughs> you can find all of our updates on Let Me Explain as well, the yep. Twitter page that we have going on for that. But you need to go over to Z Shevik's page because this we didn't talk about the disaster that happened at the Shorts Pro. We can't talk about it at the end like that. Yeah, we don't have to yeah. leave it on the cliffhanger. And someone, you'll, you'll hear about that on the podcast. Someone even tweeted and said, are we just going to ignore this? You even found the Reddit thing. Yeah. And I, I was going to go in there. I was like, no, baby, we're going to talk about this for sure. All right, but all right. as always, you can find us all and all of our guests and everything over on the Intercut Podcast. Yes, yeah, so you can get, listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Spotify, on your favorite podcatcher. I like Overcast. And then make sure you're subscribed not only to the audio podcast, but to the video feed as well on YouTube.com slash Multiplex. So, whoa, Intercut Pod, read from the part, wrong part of the page. YouTube.com slash Intercut Pod, where you can catch our bright, smiling faces as we run through the latest in entertainment. Find new episodes of Intercut every Friday we're now doing, as well as others sprinkled throughout the week, like this Let Us Explain. Please leave us a comment, like the video, and consider heading over to iTunes to leave us a five-star, five-star review. Mm -hmm. Like our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. All of them are at Intercut Pod to get updates throughout the week from Art, from Alina, from me, from all the guests we have here on Intercut. Thanks again for tuning in, and until next time, the Wintergreen Theater is my favorite theater in all of Toronto. You meant Winter Garden. <gasps> Shoot! <laughs> <laughs>